0: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
1: Okay, Okay. good afternoon and welcome to you all, all of you attending this first virtual Uttlesford District Council Planning Committee meeting and also to those of you listening on the broadcast. I will start by running through how I intend to run today's committee. We may not be in the council chamber, but may I ask you all to either turn off your mobile phones or at least to put them on silent. Thank you. Virtual meetings are a new experience for many of us, but public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. Therefore, it is important that we continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, shortly, I will ask our, our Democratic um, services Officer, Chris Gibson, to take a register so that those listening will know who is present today. As a reminder, please keep yourself on muted at all times when not speaking, and this should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr. Gibson, if you would call the register, please.
2: Yes, thank you, Chair. If, if each
3: councillor could unmute in turn and um, and just say present, that uh, that would be useful. Thank you very much. Councillor Bagnall, Present. Councillor
2: Caton. Present. Councillor Fairhurst.
4: Present. Councillor Freeman. Present. Councillor LeCount. Present. Councillor Lemon.
3: Present. Councillor Loughlin.
5: Present.
3: Councillor Merrifield.
1: Present. Councillor
3: Pavitt. Present. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Stora, Present. And Councillor Sutton. Present. Thank you very much. I'm
1: just going to wait a second. You okay there, Councillor Caton? Yeah. Okay. Um, also for the benefits of those listening, the officers we have us have with us today are from planning, Mr. Nigel Brown, the development manager, and two of his team, Mr. Clive Theobald and Mr. Chris Tyler, from Democratic Services, Mr. Ben Ferguson, Mr. Oh, is Alistair with us? Oh, Mr. Alistair Boschell and Mr. Chris Chris Gibson, and our legal officer, Ms. Elizabeth Smith. As with all planning committees, our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today, and have recommended whether each particular application should either be approved, refused, or deferred. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and to make the final decision. Today, we have four applications to consider. For each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on our screens, outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those of you who have registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from the other speakers or the officer's report. Once we have gone through this, I will then open up the discussions to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application with the proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the vice chair, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise, raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column, column on the right of your screen. This will indicate you wish to speak to myself. To myself, I will, I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order and only if valid. If not, you will be asked to raise your blue hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have have to give apologies to leave the meeting partway through or on your return okay so before we go to the first application we need to take any apologies for absence and declarations of interest so I'm lo- I know I'm looking at you all so um, I there are, I take it there are no Um, apologies for absence because there are 12 of us here so I'll move on to declarations of interest Hang on I've just got to move that to the side Um, Councillor Fairhurst
6: Chairman Member of the Saffron Walden Town Council
1: Thank you very much Councillor Freeman
4: Also a member of Saffron Walden Town Council
1: Councillor Keaton.
2: In the context of the May Walk application, I'm the husband of the Chairman of the Parish Council, Stansted Parish Council.
1: Thank you very much,
2: much Councillor Keaton. Council. Councillor Loughlin. Council. Thank you. Sorry, my
1: blue hand doesn't seem
7: to be showing on the screen on my side so I'm having to use my hand it's not a declaration of, in, uh, of interest but I'm having to use my mobile phone I want to apologize to the public if they think I'm playing video games or something I'm not it's just that my council laptop uh, charger has broken I'm using my personal laptop and I'm having to use the phone to read the papers so I just thought I'd explain that uh, in case anybody wonders what I'm doing
1: thank you Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Actually, Councillor Lachlan, your blue hand did come up. I did see it. Yeah, okay. It's not showing on my screen, sorry. Oh. Yeah, okay, but it did It did come up. Okay, okay. thank you. Thank you. So, okay. moving on. Um, I'm not quite sure how I can take this. Um, we need to move on. Moving on... Um, Need to agree the minutes of the previous meeting, which was actually February's meeting. So, can I take it that you're all content with the the minutes of the February meeting? Now,
8: I propose that we accept them.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Lemon. Um, Do I need to? Do I need to take a second for that? No, I don't. I don't. Yes, Councillor Hayhurst.
6: Madam Chairman, um, the minutes on PC 107 um, do correctly um, reflect the proposal and the second, but what they don't do is reflect an alternative, a proposal for refusal, which is supported by Councillor Bagnall, which I think is important to stress. It, it, when we're unanimous, it's important it gives us some kind of stress. But when we're not, it does help in terms of understanding where the mind of the committee was. In this particular case, there was some feeling about this application which caused both myself and Councillor Bagnall to suggest refusal. I think the minutes should reflect this in those circumstances to give a more accurate uh, um, um, impression of what that council committee felt at the time. Thank you, Councillor Farris.
1: Which which number, which application number
6: is that again? On the minutes, it's reflected as PC 107 um, and it was approved. Ultimately, it was approved by, I think, all but two or three of us.
1: Thank you very much, PC one hundred and seven. Yes, PC one hundred and seven. Yeah. Are you all content to have that changed, (laughs) Councillor Bagnall? Yes. Sorry, excuse me, Councillor Bagnall. You were cited. Councillor Fairhurst mentioned you in that.
9: Uh, Yeah, I'm not quite sure the point. So, if if we would normally put objectors on the minutes, then more than happy for that to be the case. Um, I. I think Nigel would be better placed to answer whether
10: that's normal procedure
1: mr. Brown
10: yeah I'm just 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 getting myself up to speed with that application it's a long, that,
1: time. It's a long time ago
10: yeah yeah the, the shearing application that ap- secret application yeah I do recall that there was a uh, was there a resolution to refuse it that was defeated yes So I think you're probably right. That does need to be reflected in the minutes, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. Yes, that's correct.
11: Yeah.
1: So we'll have that. If we can have that noted to have that change, please. Yes. Okay. So with that change, are we content to have them to have the minutes agreed? I think yes. Can we have a show? Can can we have a show of hands, please? That's fine. Thank you. The minutes are agreed. Thank you. So moving on to item three, that is UTT nineteen one five oh eight full land east of St Edmund's Lane, and it's Mr Theobald. I can hand over to you, please.
10: Sorry, before, sorry, just before oh, Clyde start. Yes, sorry. So, yeah. sorry. Yes, I forgot. Yes. Um, one thing that's picking up with Councillor Lachlan's point about the blue hand issue, there are two hands <laughs> in Zoom. The blue hand one comes up, when you, when you put your blue hand up, it comes up on the participants list for the chairman. So the chairman knows you put your hand up. But it, it's not the hand that comes up in front of your screen because there is a different one the participant will... So that one just so it does highlight, and you go to the top of the list. So the first person who puts their blue hand up goes to the top of the list. So you you will be highlighted to it, but it won't be shown on your screen. The reason why I was interjecting there was you will see during the four items in front of you, a committee references to the emerging plan, um, which was the emerging plan when this came when the uh, reports went to print. Obviously, members made. The resolution on the 30th to withdraw the local plan so albeit the references to local plan were given it very limited weight it has no weight now because it is a withdrawn local plan so rather than each individual member each windmill officer on each of their cases needing to remember to do that so hopefully magic penned it all the way through the reports that any references to the local plan have been superseded by the members decision on extraordinary full council last week to withdraw it so I've updated it, all four reports on one go in that particular case.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Over Dan, to Clive. Uh, apologies. I, I know we talked about me reminding to say that, to get, bring you in, and I forgot, so apologies. So over to you, Mr. Theobald. Over to you, Clive.
5: Thank you, Chair.
12: Right, OK. This full application relates to the erection of 22 custom self built dwellings with associated parking provision, new service roads to include new access formed off St Evans Lane. Can you yeah, see... I-
3: no, point of order. Are we getting these... I um, was a share screen thing, or, or, or not.
12: You should be sharing the screen, Clive. Yeah, I thought it was sharing.
1: No, I was just about to say...
12: Okay, let me just try again. You can see this?
1: No, no. It's
12: right. work, working okay in uh... there okay. we Okay. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Okay, just get this one up. Yep. Yeah, good, say, okay. uh, I do apologize. And uh, what I want to do is to knock out that. Slide show. slide. Right. Okay. Everyone see?
1: Yes, thank you.
12: Okay. So I'll just start again. This full application relates to the erection of 22 custom self-built dwellings with associated parking provision, new service roads, to include new access form off St. Evans Lane and associated drainage works. The proposal as submitted represents a revised design and layout scheme to the extent 22 running self-build scheme previously approved by the council in 2018 for this site, pursuant to the grant to planning commission at outline with all matters reserved, which was allowed the appeal in 2015 by a different applicant. Now the application site lies on the east side of St Edmunds Lane, as you can see from this site location plan and comprises an irregular-shaped sloping area of undeveloped grassland consisting of 1.8 hectares, which lies to the south of Tower Drive, which is this gated community here, and the property known as Hillview, which is here. And as you can see, established housing lies on the west side of St. Ebbins Lane. Include a row of frontage housing as you can see coming along here. Yeah. The Great Dumbo Bowls Club, which is here, stands at lower level to the immediate south, and agricultural land lies to the east here. Yeah. There is a maturing hedge line along the St. Edmunds Lane frontage to the site. Now, I'll just go to the photos. This is the a view looking north along St Evans Lane. Uh, this is the um, maturing hedge line. I think it's about 20 years or so old, I believe. This is the housing i referred to on the uh, west side, including Riverside. That's the view looking south and St Evans Lane, obviously with the site on the left-hand side now this is the interior of the site and this is looking north this is uh, the uh, property i've referred to and also that's tower drive in the distance there And you can see there is some uh, existing vegetation to the boundaries this is new <coughs> looking uh, east uh, from more or less the road frontage and you can see there is a screen of um, a bank of trees uh, to the far east. And this is looking uh, east along the, uh, the southern boundary of the sites where the um, uh, attenuation basin would be, which is the uh, bowls club you can see there. Now the detailed scheme as presented has been laid out to contain what is described by the applicant has four main character areas. Area one, which is here, which is shown by perspective site section C on this uh, illustrative perspective. So this is uh, St. Evans Lane here. You're looking into the site eastwards. So this is the row of dwellings you would see along here. And that is where the vehicle access into the site is there. Area two, comprises what is described as a traditional street scene, so main thoroughfare there, as shown by the site sections B here, and this is looking uh, northwards, so that's what you see from there to there, with the frontage here, and uh, site section C, which is looking southwards along the road here, back down to the uh, the road and area three, which is this area here, which is a spur road, which could provide more modern housing as described, and providing more flexibility in terms of house design for this self-build scheme. Whilst area four at the top here has been laid out to depict an historic farmyard. Now there is a drainage attenuation basin, which is here for the south east corner of the site, at lowest site level. And also, as proposed, there is additional drainage provision in the form of a swale re-bed, which is here, running parallel with the main thoroughfare. Now, there is a detailed landscaping scheme, which has been submitted uh, for this proposal. I haven't got the, the drawing um, but what it does do is to a- address and strengthen the external boundaries around the site. Now, to assist members for this application, the principles of self-build as a house-building concept are set out in paragraphs one and 5.2 of the Officer Report, where it is stated from the applicant's supporting statement, which you can read, that as follows. The planning application defines the plots and where feasible a choice of house types is provided. These interchangeable house types allow for choice for purchases of self-built plots. This application sets out detailed house types for each plot, a materials schedule and a design code. Self builders will then be able to choose which approved house type they wish to build with a further choice of materials from the materials schedule. A fully bespoke design option will also be offered in line with the design code submitted with the document. This sets out parameters within which self builders will be permitted to vary the design and sets out the maximum footprint, ridge, and eaves heights that will be allowed for each plot. Subject to the approval of the application, it is the intention that pellin Structures Limited, the applicant, will construct all the infrastructure and roads required to service the individual blocks, as well as constructing the foundations to oversight of what is described as the golden brick, with the intention that blocks will be sold at this point to self-builders. Um, can I just stop you a minute, Clive? Sorry, yes. I've had a...
1: I've had a text come in, sorry, that's saying the broad... Can we check the broadcast, please? Because I've been told it's not broadcasting.
13: Yes, Chair, I've, I've had the same message, saying it's not broadcasting. Uh, c- can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can, we can hear you, but it's, it's actually not broadcasting. Uh-huh. We are not broadcasting.
5: Yeah, my apologies, Clive. That, that would be nothing to do with you. We'll, we'll investigate on this end, but um, it all looks OK. But let me have a look.
1: You just, should we just
5: hold fire for a second? Yeah.
12: Yes,
1: Sorry, please. I can just hold fire for a second.: Yeah, sure.
5: Next coming in. but It's working for me, chair. so I, this is going to be a difficulty going forward, but it, it appears to be a local problem because it's working for me, and I haven't had to refresh the stream.
1: Okay, so but it will be, it will be, um, if it's not broadcasting, it will be recording.
5: I've had confirmation um, from another officer that it is streaming live. We do need to have the live right. stream up and running. The recording, I'm afraid, is, is not good enough. So thank you for whoever's yeah. got in touch, but it, it does appear to be working.
1: Okay, it must be a local problem then. Okay, thank you very much, Ben. Okay, Clive, thank you if you can continue. Sorry about the interruption.
12: Yeah, sure. Okay, in terms of the planning merits of this revised self build housing proposal, the principle of self-built housing at this edge of town location has already been established by reason of the grant of the outline permission for 22 self build dwellings and the current application represents a variation in design in self build construction principles to the extent DFO approval for this site for the same number of dwellings a sustainable drainage scheme has been submitted by the applicant which has been agreed by Essex County Council SUDS whereby the agreed scheme would be subject to the SUDS maintenance agreement. Vehicle access to the site would be in the same position leading off St Evans Lane as that shown for the extended reserve his application for this site and I've mentioned to you it would be opening out onto St Evans Lane here an issue which initially arose with this application was the extent to which the existing frontage hedgerow, which if you can see by the cursor is here, if you pick this up, would be removed. The applicant uh, has since adjusted the proposed frontage site's blades for the new axis junction whereby only part of this hedge would now need to be removed at the northern end whilst the remainder, the majority would be retained and cut back with a line of forward visibility as shown on the revised site layout plan in front of you. So just to show, it's very difficult to, to show, uh, this red line at the back is the application site boundary. Uh, this broken dotted line is the, the site's play, north and south, and you can just about pick up the hedge there where uh, the line cuts through the hedge here, to that point there where that would be trimmed back to probably one meter to allow for site visibility with the remainder of the hedge remaining in place and the applicant has said that that would be the case the access arrangements as shown have been agreed by essex county council highways and no higher objections are raised to this scheme subject to a revised commuted very re- requested Sum for £81,000 index linked, payable by the developer to Essex County Council and Highways, to contribute to a bus strategy, the Great Dunmo, as requested by Great Dunmo Town Council in their additional comments for this scheme, and also a bus stop upgrade along St Edmunds Lane, whereby the developer has agreed to this payment and the infrastructure works. In terms of layout and scale, unlike a conventional detailed planning application, the finalised layout and scale of the proposed development cannot be considered at this stage, due to the various extension and garage options that are available for the proposed plots for this self-build scheme. Whereby final details will be agreed prior to the commencement of works on each plot. The dwellings will comprise generally a mix of one and a half storey and two storey dwellings across the development, as you can see from the illustrative site sections, with one or two dwellings at two and a half storey height at lower level, where the applicant is shown on a a site comparison uh, section with the extent scheme that uh, those ridge heights for those two and a half storey dwellings would be no higher, in fact slightly lower, than as originally approved. Uh, Revisions have taken place regarding the original indicated setbacks for the frontage dwellings for area A, which are the lots along here. Following concerns from local residents that the dwellings were shown too close to the highway uh, on the originally submitted drawing, and uh, officers requested the developer to set these this line of joints back from the closed frontage to the line that you see now, uh, where the setback distances, as shown for these plots, plots uh, one to four, um, are now comparable with the setbacks for those dwellings situated opposite the site, as you can see here, so it's from there to there and then there. So there uh, on this revised drawing and which are now considered by officers to be acceptable as a street scene element. In terms of compliance with adopted standards, each plot would have sufficient garden amenity space to serve the maximum size property which could be achieved for each plot during the mind this is the self build scheme whilst there will be sufficient separation distances between the proposed dwellings. Also, each plot would have sufficient parking provision for the maximum size property which could be achieved for each plot. Overall, it is considered that the range of house types shown and also their external appearance as a broad design approach are acceptable for this site proposal, whereby a traditional vernacular design approach has been adopted by the applicant with a good range of external finishes, and uh, these can be shown here. And the landscaping measures proposed for the external site boundaries are considered acceptable to the Council's landscape officer. The scheme, as presented, provides for an equivalent 40% affordable housing requirement in the form of nine discounted market plots to Area A, And these are the discounted market plots, which are plots 1 to 4 here, 5 to 7 on this terrace here, and these two semis, plots 21 22. The mechanism by which the council would receive these equivalent sums and the final sums payable to the council has been the subject of lengthy discussions between the council and the developer. Whereby the developer has put forward suggested calculations through a unilateral undertaking, where an undertaking was offered for the previous approved scheme. The Council considers that any such payments agreed should form the basis of a Section 106 agreement by way of a commuted sum, rather than through an undertaking to ensure that it is able to control the payment clawback process for these discounted plots. It is therefore recommended, Chair, that members approve this application subject to a Section 106 agreement to cover commuted sum payments for equivalent affordable housing for the discounted market plots, payment of education contributions, payment of sustainable transport contributions and bus stop upgrade and for a such maintenance agreement and also subject to the planning conditions as set out at the back of the report thank you chair
1: thank you very much clive um we have two speakers mr sam bampton and mr rupert kirby um, not quite sure who's going to go first so um Should I say Mr. Sam Bampton first? Just wait for the um, presentation to go. Right, so, Mr. Bampton.
14: Uh, Hi there, thank thank you, Chair. Um, I'm actually going to speak for the whole three minutes. Uh, Mr. Kirby's um, no longer speaking today. Um, We were both going to be speaking in support of it, but as there was no objectors, we thought uh, three minutes might be a bit short for two people. So I've um, included what he wanted to say in, in my own speech. Um, just, as, I assume everyone can hear me, and that's all fine. You can yeah,
1: perfect.
10: Yeah.
14: All right.
10: I, sorry, I, sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sam. Before you start, I'm measure, I'm doing the clock in the old-fashioned way up here. So
14: <laughs> that's brilliant. Off you, Off you go. go. Yeah. Me, I'm going to go over. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, many many of you will be familiar with us. We're um, I'm from Pelham Structures. Obviously, we're a local builder and timber frame manufacturer. Um, we're working in partnership with the owner of the site to bring forward 22 self-building custom homes. Um, as Clive mentioned, uh, the, there is already an extant planning commission in place. Um, and it, you may have heard it. We, um, we have discharge conditions on that and made a start on site that you'll be aware of, potentially. Um, the, um, the revised application takes on board the advice of local agents and our own experience with the style of homes self-builders are seeking in the area. Um, It also introduces design codes to allow greater flexibility so that individuals can have a completely bespoke property, opposed to the modular system previously proposed. Uh, The Town Council have been consulted uh, throughout the design process and have been incredibly supportive of the changes. Um, Over the past 30 years, we've been involved in a range of self-built projects as both builder and timber frame supplier. Um, In our view, it is a sector that has great potential to deliver high quality homes and drive forward sustainable building methods. Um, Evidence uh, suggests that there is a significant unmet demand for self-build in the UK. A a BSA survey published in 2011 suggests that 53% of people in the UK would consider building their own home. This demand is reflected in the district where there are 221 entrants on the council's self-build register-seeking plots, but there are currently only a very limited number available. Uh, self-builders uh, self-build offers purchases greater choice, giving them the opportunity to specify the number of bedrooms, layout, appearance, size, materials, and addition specialist items such as lifts to cater for specific needs. Uh, they are they are generally more affordable to build than uh, than buying a finished house. Through this, uh, though the scale of saving will largely depend on how involved the builder uh, the self-builder wants to be in the project. Um, they are also generally built to a higher energy standard and it is envisaged that all of these properties will be built to an energy efficiency rating A and a condition to this accord is welcomed. Uh, prior to submission of this application, custom Build homes, who are the main agent for self build plots, undertook an initial marketing exercise, which had a positive response from over 78 people. Um, of these, 28% would like a bespoke house built on a turnkey basis, 21% would like a house built to first or second fix, 13% would like a house built to wind and watertight uh, stage. Uh, 17% would like a self-build, uh, to self-build a new home with the assistance of a project manager. And 22% would like to self-build their own home. From this, it is clear that the level of support required will vary from one self-builder to another. It is therefore our intention to install the roads on-site um, and infrastructure and then offer the plot purchases the following options. Foundation level, timber frame, watertight shell and turnkey. This will enable self builders to choose the level of involvement they desire. In January, we started the construction of the infrastructure for self build and custom homes at Beaumont Hill, Great Dumbo. Um, all of these plots were sold by February. The demand for these plots has been unprecedented and shows a significant amount of pent up demand from people who are dissatisfied with the limited choice the property market currently offers. Uh, We already have several buyers interested in the plots uh, on this site. And if granted permission, this scheme will deliver quickly and provide high quality homes, which are in keeping with the local vernacular. Thank you for your time. And should you have any specific questions, please don't hesitate to ask.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Bampton. I will open it up to the committee now. And I await. <coughs> Any comments, members?
5: You have. You um, raise we,
1: your blue hat. you, you need to raise your hands. My apologies, yes.
5: my apologies um, Chair. You have Councillor Freeman, Councillor Fairhurst, Councillor Bagnall, Councillor Store, and Councillor Rave.
1: Oh. oh, right. Sorry. They've. Right. Yes. They've. Right. Yes. Sorry. I was farther down. I was down the bottom of the white list. Sorry. So, Councillor Freeman.
4: Yes, so, I've been. Down as you
1: can take your hand down.
4: I have been uh, obediently with my blue hand up in the air, but nobody noticed me. Um, Okay, a couple of points. Um, Some of us would have gone to Graven Hill in Bicester, which is a very similar place to this. It's where you buy a plot and they have a thing called a plot shop. You and buy your plot from the plot shop and then you choose what you want to put on your plot. Uh, And this has definite similarities. If you go to the, I think it's the fourth or fifth slide of the presentation, there are some elevations, uh, which are fine, and uh, I think this is a good scheme. Uh, but the point is, the, how, the what's built could be entirely different to these elevations uh, because it depends on each individual plot owner choosing what they want to put on it. It's a bit of a Lego. So my first question to the officers is, how actually do we know what's being built there? It could be all of one design, there could be a complete mixture. Um, it, uh, how, does, how does planning have an input to that? Uh, that's really my, my primary question, thank you. Okay, can, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, there's a,
12: a plot parameter plan which is set out as a design code for all the plots. So therefore, for this particular uh, scheme as a submission, uh, there is uh, up to three house types which could be built for each plot, uh, type A, type B, type C. And therefore, that determines the extent to which the house types can vary for each plot. And uh, drawings have been submitted uh, for this the scheme uh, for each plot with the variances of each dwelling for each plot. And I I didn't put them on the screen because as you can imagine, there's, there's 22 dwellings and times out by three and that's an awful lot of um, uh, plans and innovations to show. But we do have them. And what would happen is that uh, because of the the nature of self build, uh, there is the degree of flexibility, uh, for client choice uh, to build either A, B, or C for each plot, then because it it's self-built, there has to be a certain degree of latitude uh, built into the system to allow for that uh, flexibility. But there would be a condition imposed, planning condition imposed, which will then govern uh, down the line once uh, there's been uh, a choice of preferred. For then a submission to come in for that particular block, for that partic- particular uh, build uh, accordingly. So that is how we would then, down the line, be able to control uh, with more certainty as to uh, each plot and each block house council plan.
1: Councillor Freeman, does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. The next person on the list is Councillor Fairhurst and then Councillor Bagnall.
6: Thank you, Chair. Um, it's the first point was very much along the lines of Councillor Freemans in terms of supervision and observation of those sites, because whilst we agree that it's, there, there's a, a certain amount of flexibility is required, um, and this is, this is to be welcome because, of course, it also improves the affordability of the houses, it raises the question that, that Councillor Loughlin and I have budgeted on about, about clustering the affordability of houses. So we end up in a situation where one section of a development is conspicuously affordable, um, to put it nicely. Um, and with this extra degree of flexibility here, uh, it imposes, I believe, a substantially more onus on the, on, 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 the, on the side of officers to not just approve the plan, but also to enforce the plan. And I would say there has to be some kind of supervision. The second issue that worries me slightly more, I think, is the question of the hedge. Um, we are told that it was a problem also. there was some co- co- question of, ob- of, of, of objection about the hedge being at risk with the development. And I obviously welcome the fact that it's been set back a bit more to encourage the hedge. But if you look at the picture that we've seen on the screen, and granted it is a very small picture, the hedge doesn't look very helpful. It looks it looks rather in a in, 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 in bit of difficulty because it's being chopped away. The, I understand the displays and sight lines are necessary. But if you look at the lines on the picture, the hedge has been destroyed. Is there some way we can condition that um with a view sort of i don't know if it's going to be in terms of number of meters thick at any point um the alternative would be the hedge, i think will not last very long you cut a hedge away too much and no longer becomes a hedge so that's the second thing and of course the third point raised by the officer was the question of unilateral undertaking rather than a bilateral 106, and I would definitely support a, a bilateral 106 for for no other good reason, than because it, it leaves things in, in both parties' hands rather than one party's hands. Um, if we can solve the hedge, the the, the supervision, um, and 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 the the uni- the bilateral process, then I would be happy to propose this for for uh, uh, approval in future, Madam Chair.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Um, Clive, could you answer,
12: was there a question? Yes, Clive, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, okay. Obviously there are three questions there. Um, In response to the first question, obviously similar to Councillor Freeman's, um, if members refer to condition three, uh, planning condition three of report, you will see there that it says prior to the commencement of the construction of the dwelling on each plot, all details of the house type Extension and/or garage options and layout within the plot, and the materials to be used in the construction for that plot, shall be submitted to and approved by, writing, by the LPA, and then subsequent dwelling for that plot shall be constructed strictly in accordance with the approved details. And obviously, the reason for that is to allow, first of all, flexibility uh, with the eventual self-build buyer through the developer. Um, So that is a choice, if you like, of one of the three house-type variants for each plot. And then once that choice is made, then uh, either the developer or indeed the uh, the self-builder can make an application to confirm uh, that uh, particular self-build house-type variant um, in uh, in, in, um, compliance with this uh, pre-commencement condition. So uh, that's um, hopefully the answer to the first question. Uh, Second, uh, regarding the the hedgerow, this is something which I was very keen to ensure uh, was retained when I had a site visit with the developer, looking up and down uh, the road. I mean, I don't know if you can see see, uh, the hedge there, uh, looking north and obviously south. It is um, quite a, a mature hedge. It's not completely mature, It has been planted as opposed to self sown, as far as I'm aware. Um, It doesn't have any um, amenity status, although clearly, as um, has been set out in some of the third party comments, does contribute uh, um, to the street scene. Um, This, as I say, this permission uh, is a revision to a previous extant scheme for the site where, uh, the, as you heard, the developer um, is um, suing some of the infrastructure works. Now, um, I don't know whether or not the hedge would have been removed for that scheme, but certainly for this revision scheme, I wanted to ensure that it was clear that, um, as far as possible, most of the hedge in its current form and height would be retained, and where it was only... Uh, Uh, In need for the highway site visibility requirements to remove that part of the hedge for that purpose uh, that this be shown on revised drawing obviously this revised drawing uh, if you can see and I therefore have to go with this revision in terms of the hedge being retained Uh, you can see that this is the hedge shown here this is the site's blade, the wise blade coming along here, and it, it hits the centre line of the hedge about here. So if the development is built in accordance with this drawing, then this part of the hedge here down to the entrance would be retained, and, and this would. Side be... Side 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 we actually
1: can't see that, remember? We actually can't, can't. see that now.
3: You can't see this? No, not we now. See, we, we can't we can't see the yeah. your screen.
1: No, not now, not now, because because it stops sharing once we go back to we the
10: can't see the day, your so screen. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, but others have got the power. Sorry, others have got the presentation, so that's why I, I that's why we wanted to do it yeah. that way. So yeah. Okay. Can you see this now?
1: No, it's okay. You don't have to. Other members have got it. Other members have got the planning. Okay,
12: uh, I do apologise. Why that's not showing. Um, so that's hopefully um, to be retained uh, as per the drawing. And thirdly, regarding the, uh, the calculated um, values for the equivalence of 40% affordable housing for the frontage plots. Well, in fact, uh, first of all, um, yes, it is the case that the affordable plots, so called or discounted plots, are shown along the site frontage in one cluster. Um, although I would say that there are nine in total, which is less than the normal maximum cluster of 10, which um, housing would require, and it is along the site frontage, so they do, in fact, form an active site frontage um, rather than at the very back end of the site. As far as the calculations are concerned for this process, to try and get a commuted sum... To the equivalence of what would be the 40% affordable housing, where I would say that um, self-build and affordable housing are mutually exclusive, it has to be said. Um, in order to for the council to um, claw back those monies for each plot down the line, um, we are not prepared to accept the revised undertaking uh, in unilateral form by the applicant, um, even though the applicant has now uh, made uh, clear as to what those values will be based upon the current market demand. And we would therefore uh, insist upon a section 6 of bilateral agreement being entered into Uh, to allow this process to continue were members to approve the application and that is why uh, the report in front of you does say that uh, there should be a section 106 entered into uh, with this head terms
6: being one of those terms.
1: Thank you, Clive. Councillor Fairhurst, has that answered your questions? Yes.
6: Yes, to, to some extent, yes. It, I just, the, the, the most important thing for me is that, is that we re- must recognise that this council rejected or refused this application in 2014 because we felt that it had an urbanising effect. The hedge is, to me, is a, a seriously strong mitigating factor and I would like to see some, con- some kind of condition that protect that. That's all. But if it's done, then that's important. Thank you.
1: Um, I see your hand, Councillor Lachlan, can you put your blue hand up? Uh, Councillor Bagnall next. Anyway. Sorry, I did put my blue
7: hand up, but it doesn't seem to be working. That's why. Okay,
1: well, use... You're after Councillor Reeve, OK? OK. Councillor Reeve. Councilor
9: Thank, By- you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, question for the officer, a couple of questions. One was concerning the hedge. But I, I've looked through the paperwork. I can't see any condition that would guarantee the hedge remaining. So I think uh, in support of Councillor Fairhurst, I think we should have a condition uh, regarding that hedge row. And also regarding the the setting back of the properties, could you confirm the distance they're set back and how we're going to manage to maintain that to make sure they are set back that far? Uh, And the third question I had was around the 106 money. So in the report, it talks about the 106 detail, um, but I can't see anywhere where there's an an amount attributed to that. So it would be interesting to understand what that amount is as well. Okay,
12: um, c- can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, I was uh, almost booted out there, so I do apologise. I don't know why I, I just can't get this uh, on the screen. Let's give it another go. Can you see this now?
9: I've got the PowerPoint, Clive, so if you want to uh, talk about slides. okay. Yeah, as far as the hedge
12: line is concerned, and also in response to Councillor Fairhurst's uh, similar comments, um, I... I can't see there being any difficulty at all in putting a um, frontage hedgerow condition on uh, the uh, plan permission as an addendum condition. Um, Clearly, it would have to uh, relate to the revised drawing where, as I say, most of the hedgerow is shown to be retained, but at least that would give some enforcement to that uh, frontage hedgerow, which does provide some uh, softening in the street scene, but we could do that, no problem. Um, Secondly, as far as the setbacks are concerned, um, I was looking this morning, um, there there is actually a revised drawing because there were quite a few revisions to this, Um, but um, the first revisions were showing at 11 metres for block one from the back edge of the carriageway itself and 11.4 metres, uh, similarly for Block 3. Now, they compare to 12.6 block, uh, for the dwelling corresponding opposite to Block 1, and 10 metre, 10.7 metres for the corresponding uh, semis opposite Block 3. But they have now since to be moved back slightly more. So uh, that is why uh, they do have now comparable trying to set back to the carriageway to those dwellings opposite. And again, the the latest revised drawing uh, showing that uh, latest revision would be the uh, plan to be within any drawing schedule. And thirdly, as far as the calculations for the values are concerned, uh, we have received an email from the applicant. Uh, latest on the 29th of April, Uh, what has happened there is uh, the applicant has set out the discounted values for each plot. Uh, In fact, what you have is a matrix. I won't go into too much detail, but an end value for each dwelling, the plot value for each dwelling, and the discount for each dwelling, whereby the discount uh, is 30% of the plot value, and that is 30% of the end value Uh, Just to say, I will uh, read out um, what the applicant said to me uh, to describe this process. Uh, The end value is the finished house value. However, we are selling plots to self-builders, so they will then have to pay to build the house afterwards, whether that be themselves, using the contractor or us. The discount is therefore on the plot value as it was in the approved undertaken previously. Block values are circa 30 to 35% of the finished value of the house. Because of the current climate, I have been conservative and assumed the lower end and have therefore multiplied the estimated end value by 30% to give the block values and then again by 30% to give an idea of the discount figure. This is a rough estimate because ultimately the amount paid based on the actual sale price of the plots and may vary in either direction and they do add to that in the previous email that obviously they will try to um to to, to as mentioned on, on the phone because the council gets a percentage of the sale value if the plots are sold for more the council will receive more and we obviously are incentivized to maximize the values uh, if we can so that that's really as far as i can go on describing the process um, And I'm aware that um, it could be said that the the figures for those plots may be less um, as discounted uh, market values and say, if it were for a straightforward 40% affordable housing, um, community sum contribution for the site. Um, But as I said, um, self-build and uh, ordinary market housing are mutually exclusive.
1: Okay, thank you. Mr sorry, Mr Brown, did you want to come in, Nigel? Oh? Can't hear you. Can't sorry. hear you, Nigel. Keep, Keep
10: double clicking. I'll <laughs> go Um I was gonna point this out at the end, but I think Clive's clarified the issue about the one oh six. The one oh six negotiations are still going on, and that really does drive home Councillor Fairhurst's point about it needing to be bilateral. Um, We we will not accept a unilateral undertaking on this particular issue. It needs to be bilateral. And our housing team needs to get the right deal in terms of making it out. And that is why we're talking about it. I'm not saying what's suggested doesn't do that. But that's why we need to be absolutely clear that we need to sign this and accept that. So those negotiations are on place. It needs to be fulfilling what's not provided in terms of housing, affordable housing. We're very much on the same right track, but we need to make sure that's clear. That's why it needs to be bilateral. And while I'm on, as we're doing a bilateral 106, I would suggest the issue around the hedge is coupled up with that because quite often you have hedge issues where you have, and I'm not suggesting this with Pelham, there are very reputable builders and I don't think they would do this in a million years, and I'm looking at Sam now, the fact is, the, there is, sometimes if it's done as a condition and a hedge comes out, they'll go, well, we're not implementing the Planning Commission. And, and I've sat here before saying those things. If it's tied up with the 106, the moment they sign the 106, that hedge is protected and, uh, and, and is under control. And uh, so I would suggest that we do a bilateral, carry on with the climate negotiations and include the hedge as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mr Brown. Um, uh, Councillor Storer.
10: Sorry, Sam? Chair, is,
1: yes,
9: did you give me the opportunity to come back?
1: Oh, sorry, I forgot. Yes, I apologize.
13: Go on, right,
9: just wanted to check. So, my question uh, to, to Mr. Theobald was how much, but I think Nigel's answered that by the fact that it's an ongoing negotiation. So, I'm happy that the, the hedge is tied up with the bilateral agreement. I think it's important, because it's probably the best way to protect it.
1: Okay, all right, thank you, Councillor Stora.
15: Thank you, Chair. Question for Mr Theobald, if I may. I notice that the access road to the site runs from the southwest uh, to the northeast, right across the site to the far edge, where it doesn't serve any particular uh, function for the last few meters. Does this have any potential implications as to why that's the case and what we might expect to happen at some point in the future, or is this... Uh, a non-consideration in this particular application?
12: Um, I think you're quite astute, Councillor. Um, this has been designed so that there may be a subsequent self-built application coming through in due course. Um, there is no extant permission for the land to, to the rear. Um, I understand there may uh, be uh, Thoughts on this were this application to go through. Um, clearly, at the moment, it just does dead end. Um, now, if that's a concern to members, I don't know whether or not there needs to be a revised drawing showing a hammerhead. But of course, uh, the application is only for the red line site as is before you and, and nothing else. So, um, all I can really say is um, you know, members ought to consider the application as presented, but you are right, um, it does go right to the rear boundary.
15: Councillor Stora. No, just to thank Mr Theobald for his um, response, Uh, unless other members feel this is a particular concern. I'm, I'm not suggesting it is. I just wondered, and I suspect Mr Brown might say it's what is before us and we shouldn't be influenced by that and i just raise a question mr
10: brown any am i right or that's exactly what i would have said yes it's not what's in front of you need to consider what's in front of you and that's for another time
11: yeah
1: thank you um councillor reeve
3: thank you uh, a couple of uh, points one uh, to do with uh, uh, i'm probably not allowed to ask uh, uh, Mr. Bampton directly, but through the chair. Um, is there any worries about the COVID-19 on the uh, sort of ap- ap- appetite for doing this type of work going forward, or is that A, irrelevant, and B, no idea yet?
1: Um, Mr. Bampton, would you like to um, answer?
14: Oh, yeah, if the chair's happy for me, to, Yeah, more than happy. Um, it's actually... It's, uh, it's a more appealing um, for us due to COVID um, because effectively, uh, unlike uh, a more speculative development that bigger house builders do, uh, it's de-risked in a way because you sell the plots up front to builders. Um, so the, you know, the capital risk is lower. So I, And um, our experience has always been that the self-build market is more resilient to recessions because if people who want to build a house are in a position to are are more inclined to do so. So I would actually expect something like this to be far more resilient to COVID than than other developments within the district. Thank you.
3: That's a good answer. The the, um, second question was to do with the 30% discount, because I must say I was a bit disappointed to hear that it's only a sort of 10% discount that we're um, effectively talking about here. But I take it that the uh, the officers are trying to, to... the best uh, for the council as possible in that negotiation. My my little concern though is in paragraph 9.10 of the um, uh, papers presented to us, this is under the protections uh, element, it says that the 30% discount shall be given to the eligible person in the event of a sale is shared with the council when the property is sold on the open market. I wonder what that word shared meant we get a, a further part of it?
1: Who's that question to? Uh,
3: uh, uh, the officers, I
11: suppose.
3: Right. Uh, right. Well, um, my
12: understanding is, and uh, I don't know, this may be a, a legal uh, question, but certainly um, my understanding was that the initial discussions were with regard to eligible persons for this self build scheme, mm. Um, as a housing concept. But during the course of the negotiations to do with the uh, the process, uh, the mechanism by which it would uh, take place and the payments that um, were the council to receive, uh, for example, a commuted sum up front for um, all these blocks as a comparable affordable housing sum, or there wouldn't be, rather than at the back end of the process, because this is where the, the Section 106 comes in, because we need to have full control over um, uh, how much and when are the monies are paid for each self-heal plot. But my understanding is that um, should we agree upon certain figures this eligibility, um, and it's all to do with, uh, I think I think it's 60% um, uh, wage of a particular applicant for the House, that may fall away as um, we have actually the sum, but uh, I can't go any further with that in a way.
1: Councillor Reeve, does that answer you?
3: Well, yes and no. I, I must say I'm a bit I'm, my concern here is there seems to be a, a lot still to be discussed. I don't know if this is still normal, but uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just not
10: actually sure what the deal is.
1: Okay, we've got
10: Would allow me to just try to give a little bit more um, comfort there. Um, I think the situation here is we have two scenarios. We have we have a scenario where plots have been given to eligible people, and and we don't know how that's going to pan out. And we do need to make sure the negotiations on that point are are correct and robust. Then we also have a community payment alongside that as an alternative. And uh, you know that is simply because we don't know how this is going to pan out. We really don't know how this. This is the whole point of self-build that you don't mean how it's gonna pan out. It could be you've got a, a group of eligible people that all come in, buy the plots, build them at discounts, and then and then we've got it. We've we've achieved what we want to achieve. Or we may not. And if we don't, then we need the fallback situation where we get a commuted sum. And that is all and that is always a scenario based one oh six, which makes it very, very complicated. The big the big issue is we need to make sure that we get the best deal for Uttersford in terms of housing affordable housing provision. And hopefully that can be provided on site for discounted plots. If it can't, then we need the commuted sum. And that's why the 106 is a bit more complicated. But I think moving forward, we just need to make sure that we get the right deal. Uh, and that and that's part of why it needs to be a bilateral moving forward in terms of negotiations. All right. thank
11: you. Elizabeth,
1: are Elizabeth, you there? Think- the only point
16: I was going to make that by making the agreement bilateral, in fact it would be trilateral, in so far as the county Council as Highways Authority would also be a party. That is helpful because it means they can all enforce the obligations owed to them rather than us to do so. All
1: right. Thank you. That's Thank you very much. That's helpful. Um, now, Councillor Fairhurst and Bagnall. Um, are you bringing up new points, or are we... Yes? So, Councillor uh, Fairhurst... My, talks... my,
5: my apologies, uh, Chair. Councillor Loughlin, I think, was... Um...
1: I just remembered. Thank you, Ben. Yes, I just remembered. Sorry, Councillor Loughlin. My apologies.
7: Uh, that's all right, that's all right. Always a bridesmaid. Uh, I, I would have I would have come in before when uh, Councillor Fairhurst was talking... Uh, Because I don't want to harp on about this, but uh, with the affordable homes going back to the appeal, uh, it was the permission was granted and included an affordable housing option secured by way of a unilateral undertaking. So on the officer's report here, it's saying that there is more affordable cottage-style housing. That's not very specific, because I mean, what does more affordable mean? And more affordable to whom? So I, I don't think that's perhaps worded as well. As, and it's nothing, not getting at you, Clyde, but I certainly don't know what that was when I read that. So perhaps uh, you could explain about the affordable housing because we act. you know, our is always saying that we need more affordable housing and I would agree with that. Um, but this, this doesn't seem, you know, are these going to be the, is it normally 20% below market value or... Or what is affordable? How is it defined in this case? I'd be interesting to know that.
12: Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit tricky because, as I said, the the two types of housing aren't mutually exclusive, so it's not a complete um, true comparison. But uh, going going back to um, what the um, the applicant said. In the email, and I, I, I agree that you could say it results in a, in a 10% um, affordable housing um, as a, a lump sum, if you if you wish, um, which uh, obviously is at a reduced rate. Um, the, the the identified plots are those frontage plots, as I mentioned, those those nine so-called affordable, but they are on what's called uh, discounted plots. Um, and the, the developers tried through this, this, this process to um, show what the end value would be and then to do um, a calculation on that. Um, now, um, this is a SIL-exempt scheme. Um, we don't have SIL. That, that's the first thing to say. Um, so we do have control over what happens um, in the end process. So that, that's one thing I would mention um, now, we have, we've looked at what the, uh, if you like, the deficiencies would be on this scheme compared to other schemes. For example, um, the eight dwellings of Great Chalks, um, which has recently been um, proved. Uh, we've got a higher value on those eight affordable um, plots. Uh, then by the developers' calculations we will get for these nine um, self-build plots. So that's where like, the differential does arise. Um, as to how we get to a value um, on the plots where we are comfortable to say that, well, this is the best deal we're going to get for this self-build scheme, uh, we can only continue with the negotiations, um, sort of back office as it were, try and get the best possible deal now i accept that um, it would have been better best to have that agreed for this meeting but these have been ongoing issues up until literally last week so whereas the scheme in terms of its design and layout and access and all those matters um, as an officer i feel are, are acceptable hence the officer recommendation um, it's a bit more complex for the report, and therefore, that's I think why it should be this uh, bipartite legal agreement to actually get the a deal that the council is happy with. Because don't forget, um, at the end of the day, if um, the council isn't happy with the agreed amount, then um, of course it won't enter the section, won't agree with the section 106.
1: Councillor Lachlan to press your yeah. Yeah, Thank you. The, the only thing is, I mean, I've heard your
7: explanation uh, and people who are listening to the recording have heard your explanation, but in the report, people will take that at face value. Uh, I didn't know what it meant, so I think it would be good if there was some mechanism that that could be explained in the report, because it, it actually isn't. And, uh, you know, it just says... The, the uh, more affordable. So uh, you know, I mean, I might be able to afford that. My kids might not be able to. So it's very it's very uh, non-specific. And, uh, so uh, I'm just a bit worried about
11: that.
12: Okay. I mean, that I would would, would mention uh, that's actually the response from the housing officer. But um, yeah, if that had to be expanded in the report, then obviously uh, um, that's missing me.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, Councillor Fairhurst, is this a new point? Thank you. Why have you
6: got to shut yourself. Thank you, Madam Chairman. My, my baseball wasn't working. Um, yes, it is. Just firstly, um, I think it's important we've, we've identified at least three issues. Supervision of the actual build itself, protection of the hedge and the set-off, um, and the trilateral, as it turns out, agreement to be set to be agreed by parties. Um, and I think it's important to stress, as, as Nigel Brown did, that this is a unique situation. This is how self-builds work. Um, and that we are effectively delegating these three functions and responsibilities to the officers to carry out to the best advantage of council. It is a delegation thing, things. So, and I feel still, I'm still confident to, to propose this as, as, as a, 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 a pro- for approval. Um, but the new point is, was raised by the, the uh, seemingly dead-ended road that sort of ends in nowhere, which preempts sort of the next site, as Najiban says. We must look at the plan, the application as it stands in front of us. But that doesn't stop us from not preempting the next application either. So I would propose then to actually consider the hammerhead, as as the officer Clythebol suggested. If we do that, we are saying we are not anticipating. And it sends a message to the following application that this is on a, it's an application on its own. And we're looking, in fact, to the 2014 refusal and saying maybe the next application should consider in terms of urbanization. So I would um, suggest that we consider a, a, a condition of a hammerhead to that top end so we are not actually preempting or encouraging um, we're looking at this application as one. Hamed means I can get a turnaround, it means it's more flexible for the, for the application we're looking at right now. But on those basis, in other words, understanding that we are delegating to the officers the supervision of the bills themselves, to the officers' protection of the hedge, which is critical both to urbanization and to the development, and also the trilateral to ensure that the 106 obligations are met and are satisfactory to, to mitigate the losses. On that basis, I would propose um, approval of the scheme.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Bagnall and then Councillor Freeman.
9: Yes, yeah, so just a quick point, Chair, on this 106 trilateral agreement. Um, is there a potential for that agreement to be brought back to the planning committee? Because I feel as though we're being asked to approve something and we don't really know exactly how well it's going to contribute to affordable housing. So when I look at the report, it gives the impression it's 30%, but having heard the conversation, it's clearly a third of that. Um, So uh, I just wondered if it would make sense if this planning committee was able to see the 106 before it's finalised so that we can approve it if that's appropriate. Perhaps uh,
10: Mr Brown might want to comment on that. It is appropriate, to be honest. Um, It is appropriate. I don't... I wouldn't want us to get into a habit of doing this, but I think in normal circumstances, if this was a much more routine 106, whereby you're just talking, boom, how much money this, how much money for this, how much money for this, the changes that we're going to do as part of the scrutiny, will see that in front of you, and hopefully you're going to start seeing that in the future. This is absolutely unique as a scheme, you know, in terms of, you know, where everybody, in fact, the whole industry is feeling our way through this. I'm not, and both, I know... This particular developer, I think, is very comfortable with this model in terms of moving forward. But as a local authority, we do need to take things very gently and a bilateral. So actually, members... Today, we just need to consider the proposal that is acceptable. The developer's here, so he's seen the messages. And so therefore, I'm, I'm happy that we have a... If members are resolving to approve it in principle today... And then we will bring the 106 back to tell you what it's all about in terms of when we get there. And then we can actually try to explain it round fruit with you. I think that's absolutely right, because you just need to see what do you, you're going to be getting. And that slightly emboldens officers in terms of getting the, the, the negotiation best for us, because we know we've got to give it, show it to you lot, you to approve it at the end of the day. And I'm more than happy to do that. So if that's what a resolution in this particular case, I'm comfortable with.
1: Okay, Councillor, um, I think I'm very happy with that. I think that would be a very good idea. Um, go, going to Councillor Freeman, then Councillor Reeve, and then back to Councillor Lachlan, and then I think we need, must take this to a vote, okay?
4: Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, we have been debating this for the, over an hour, uh, which <laughs> perhaps reflects the complexity of the case. Looking at the documents, uh, the expiry date was the 22nd of September last year, Then it was extended the 22nd of April this year, so we've had plenty, or somebody's had plenty of time to work on this and to smooth out all these issues. And it's faintly disappointing that there are so many knots in it that emerge now. Uh, But having said that, I think self-build is never easy and never straightforward. I think the people at Graven Hill in Bicester are finding exactly the same issue. It's a very much bigger site, but I'm happy to second this proposal for approval. Uh, I support this particular developer. I think they've proven themselves many times over the years uh, and so it's one, one of the best ones to go with. I'm happy to second this proposal for approval.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Council- sorry,
4: sorry, Chairman, before
10: you go to the vote, yeah. can I just, clarify go back to the proposer? Mm-hmm. I know what the answer's going to be, but we do need to do this. Yes, can I know. I, can I ask Councillor Fairhurst whether he wants to pick up Councillor Bagnall's suggestion, the amendment to bring the 106 back here? So you're approving it in principle, subject to the 106, and then we'll bring the 106 back for you to review that, and then for you to consider it, and then we'll resolve to, to issue the decision.
6: Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, the yes, our, our conditional on one, um, the supervision is, is 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 closely guarded. Two, that the hedge is protected. Three, that the trilateral is 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 effected, and that the 106 is brought back. Happy to do that.
1: Thank you very much. Now, I still have two people wanting to... or oh, sorry, three people. There was um, Councillor Reeve, Councillor Lachlan, and Councillor Stora. I will take those um, comments just now, and then we will go to um, vote. But please be quick. Thank you.
3: Yeah. I, I will be quick. It, that, what I was wanting to say was what uh, uh, has now been said. So, basically, it's a conditional approval on an acceptable uh, 106. Have I understood that correctly?
11: Yeah.
3: Okay, thank you.
1: Councillor Lachlan? Similar.
7: So, uh, if it's going to be conditioned that it comes back to this committee, then I'm happy to go
15: along with that.
1: Thank you, Councillor Lachlan. And Councillor Stora?
15: Thank you, Chair. Um, Councillor Fairhurst suggested a hammerhead. Has that now fallen away because it didn't get a mention in the, the reasons?
1: Yes, I'm not suggesting
15: we should include it. It's just a question so that we know what we're doing on this.
1: Councillor Fairhurst, would you like to come back on that?
15: Yeah. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. I, I really do think
6: it's important. I think that you know, we are bound by the application in front of us. I concede that, but that also means you've got to consider it as an application. There is a wall at the other side of the application. So we would need a hammock head to make sure that, that moving around is, is optimised. So yes, I would propose that as part of the conditions.
1: Fine, I think that's good. So now, na- Mr Brown, Nigel?
10: Um, if members, sorry, if members resolve to include a hammerhead condition, um, obviously hammerheads can be removed, but you know, I know what, I know the message Council Affairs wants to give and I'm more than happy to do that. So, um, so Clive can add that as additional condition so that a hammerhead is provided at the end of the scheme and then we, we can put that together. But you'll you'll see the conditions as well when it comes back here for final resolution anyway.
1: Thank you very much. If we'll take this to a vote proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Freeman to approve with condition... With condition, No, hang on, what was I saying? Approve subject to the 106... Um, Anything else? That's just subject
10: to the 106, isn't it, Nigel? It's no? subject to subject to the conditions. Councilor <laughs> has said, and the 106 is covering issues around um, the hedge, um, the the terms of the 106, in terms of the in terms of the affordable housing, um, the supervisory part of it. Um, there is also something else what hasn't been discussed. Is there is a contribution towards bus services as well amongst it? So there are other things as well. But all that plus the condition requiring the provision of a hammerhead to close the site um that is what's resolved and i you're going for a recorded vote on this one just to, just just to go through the well, we've, we've all got to be they've
1: all got to be recorded roll call uh, roll call yes we have
10: got
1: Sorry, to
3: but, um point of order is that to come back to
10: this committee though
1: yes yes it has yes
10: yes it'll come back to this committee with the final 106 thank you
1: OK, so we'll take that to a vote all those in favor of approval of this subject... Uh, Madam Chair? Yes, you do that. Because the
16: record is audio, we do have to call the register, I'm afraid, every time.
1: I know, I was waiting, that's why I was expecting. Unless it's unanimous. Unless Unless it's
3: unanimous.
1: Well, okay, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? If you
16: could just, when I call your name, please say whether you're in favour, against or abstaining. Um, Councillor Merrifield? In favour, Councillor Lemon. In favour, Councillor Lockley. In favour, Councillor Sutton.
1: Just hold the bar down. No, yeah. I need to unmute her. In favour, in favour.
16: Councillor Stora? In favour. Councillor Caton?
2: In favour.
16: Councillor Lecount?
2: In favour.
16: Councillor Pavitt? In favour. Councillor Reeve? In favour. Councillor Fairhurst? In favour. Councillor Bagnell?
9: In favour, although this isn't what we agree, we're just going to do.
16: Councillor Freeman? In favour. That's unanimous for the record.
1: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Right. um, We have three more to get through and it's taken us about over an hour to get here. Do we wish to take a break? Before we go on to the next one, because I think the next one could take us a little while as well.
4: A break is always good, Madam Chairman. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy.
1: Okay, let's take 22 minutes past. Let's be back here at half past. So we've got eight minutes. Okay, so let's go back. Let's come back at half past. Okay.
0: Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting Has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting Has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting Has been temporarily adjourned Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
17: on. Welcome to our
1: speaker's item. This is UTT 192288, full land north of Bartholomew Close, and um, presenting is Chris Tyler. Over to you, Chris. Thank you.
18: I just want to make sure that you can see the slides and hear me.
1: Yes, we can.
18: Thank you, Chair. Uh, this site is located to the north of Bartholomew Close and Rookery Close in Great Chesterford. It comprises of an undeveloped parcel of land bordered by trees and hedgerow. The site uh, is gated, has a gated access from Bartholomew Close. This application seeks planning permission for the erection of... 13 dwellings, including access, parking, and associated works. The development will include 100% affordable housing. The access will be to the south of the site at the existing. Planning permission has already been approved for 14 dwellings on this site and is extent. Therefore, the principal development has been. The application reduces the number of dwellings and changes the house types uh, that will be more appropriate to 100% affordable housing scheme. The proposal includes appropriate sized gardens, uh, parking provision, and will not result in any significant loss of privacy or overlooking neighbouring properties. These slides are of the proposed street scene of the dwellings. The next slides Uh, demonstrate the proposed housing types which range from um, two-story detached properties two-story semi-detached properties and bungalows details of uh, the types of houses are set out in paragraph uh, 3.3 of the committee report Um, dwellings are considered of an design that's compatible with the surrounding residential dwellings. No objections have been received from the statutory consultees such as Highway's Authority, Ecology Officer or the Lead Local Flood Authority. The Parish Council has objected to the proposal also, 11 letters of objection have been received from neighbouring properties. These are set out in paragraphs 8.1 and 10.2 of the committee report. Um, comments from the Parish Council include uh, a vehicle access should be provided through Stanley Close to the north of the site. Uh, a section 106 agreement should secure the affordable housing cycle way and further financial contributions for local facilities. Um, in regard to that, the heart of the application is for affordable housing and therefore, the principle of the, that is the principle of the development. It will not ch- change if the site is sold on. The applicant is uh, up to the District Council, therefore it's considered a legal agreement uh, is not required the cycleway to the north of the site will be secured by a planning condition. Uh, This photo demonstrates existing access to the site. Uh, The proposed access to the site will be connected here to the highway. It's noted extant planning permission is in place for this access um, and there's not a requirement for a vehicle access to the north of the site to stand close. These following photos are um, from within the site as you can see you can see it is an undeveloped parcel of land surrounded by in conclusion um, taking into consideration the details set out in the planning committee report uh, the consultation responses and extent planning permission in place this application is recommended for approval such noted that if committee members are minded to approve the application uh, condition 3 regarding parking spaces is now not required.
1: We we lost the last little bit.
11: Oh sorry, sorry, Um,
18: regarding the uh, condition was that, Um, the uh, condition 3 uh, it is not required. The applicant has provided that information up front. So, if, it, if members are minded to approve the application today, it won't be included. Okay. Thank you.
17: Thank you.
1: Thank you, Chris. Okay. you. Um, while you're getting at, taking us back out of that, we have <coughs> five, well, four speakers. Um, one um, objection is going to be read out. Um, so, our first speaker is Councillor Gregory.
19: Thank, thank you, Chair, and um, thank you for inviting me to this first Zoom planning meeting. Um, I think the first thing to say is that both Councillor Pavitt and I, who are the ward councillors, welcome more social housing in Uttlesford in general, and in Great Chesterford in particular. It's a very welcome development. Uh, There is a however, however. This site has a long history. It's come forward in many guises over the past five years, and I've frankly lost count of the number of times and letters of objection that Great Chesterford Parish Council has written. And it was originally supposed to come forward as part of a whole package with the adjoining site, which you saw pictures of on Mr Tyler's, presentation. Uh, the site poses huge difficulties. Access, drainage, parking, effect on wildlife. I must admit I was very, very surprised that UDC bought it from Hasto. And I was even more surprised by the conditions of secrecy under which that transaction was carried out. Those probably there are matters for another day. Um, what I can say is that I'm enormously grateful to Councillor Lee's who came out on a very cold and wet December day for a site visit to look at the site with Councillor Pavitt and myself. And she's been both more informative, more engaged and far more open than her predecessor. I struggle with this site because I said, I very much welcome uh, additional social housing. So if you are minded to approve this, then I'm going to have to ask you to pay very great attention to the access and safety issues that arise. You've seen a picture of the access. That doesn't really quite explain the whole situation. To get there, you meander through a 1970s housing estate. A 1970s housing estate that was built at very high density with very narrow roads. The narrowest point of the road is 4.8 metres. That's what it should have been built to. It was actually built to less than that. Those roads are lined with parked cars because the 1970s garages that were built as part of this estate no longer fit modern cars. That's a huge problem, and it's a particular problem at school pick-up and drop-off times and nursery pick-up and drop-off times. Quite literally, hordes of children go down these roads, and additional traffic is a grave danger to them. Uh, Construction traffic, I don't really want to think about it. So I'm really going to have to ask you if you would give very careful consideration to the most possible restrictive conditioning of construction management. So no deliveries during the hours when school and nursery uh, starts. No deliveries or traffic during the hours when school and nursery finishes. A limitation on the size of the vehicles and conditions about... Uh, locating vehicles on the site and wheel-washing. That has been the overriding concern that district councillors have had and the parish council has had over many, many years. We don't actually think access to this site is safe and we think it's a tragedy waiting to happen. There's probably not much we can do about it once it's built and imposing more traffic on these very narrow roads. But there is something we can do, bearing in mind the district council is the applicant and the district council will be managing the construction process to ensure that during that construction process, the utmost importance is given to the uh, safety of young children in this particular location. Thank you ever so much for listening to me. I do appreciate it. Thank
1: you very much, Councillor Gregory. Um, Our next speaker is Councillor Lees. Thank you very much, Councillor Lees.
20: Thank you very much Madam Chairman and again I'd like to thank you for inviting me to this virtual first meeting. I don't know whether it's lucky or unlucky for me but Councillor Gregory has stated most of the things I was going to be stating already and he's absolutely right. I have visited the site and I do agree with him. I do wonder how we got here. However, as you've already heard that we already have planning, the planning permission has already been received on here and interestingly on appeal when the, the inspector looked at the access the inspector didn't find anything wrong with the access at that time i do agree with Councillor gregory that it is quite narrow but we are where we are and historically it could have been so much better and let's all hope we learn from that and what's happened before and as i say we are where we are um, so I had a long list of things I wanted to say about the constructive management conditions, but I think Councillor Gregory has said it most articulately before me. And I also would strongly urge that we have the best construction management conditions on here. Um, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if you, could have a, if you could put in your condition a local PCSO could be around there at all school times, which I think most people in the area would like. Um, on the other side of it, There is a, as Councillor Gregory has already stated, this is a real opportunity to provide the much-needed affordable housing in Uttersford. Um, I'm going to leave it there because I know that the officer, Ms Snares, is following me with her explanation and information as well. But just to reiterate one more time, I am absolutely and utterly and totally in agreement with Councillor Gregory that we need the best construction management conditions on this particular access, because we really do want to provide the affordable housing that's much needed in Oxford. Thank you
1: for listening. Thank you very much, Councillor Lees. Um, my next one on my list is um, one that's going to be read out um, by one of the officers um, and by Andrew um, Leclerc. I'm not sure who's reading. Is going to be me. Um, Mr. Leclerc has uh,
16: sent us a very lengthy letter. I'm mindful that as a member of the public,
1: he's allowed, I think it is four. So, yes, so we'll ask, ask that to be timed. So I'll get as far as I can. Thank you very much. You may start, if you'd like to start. It is unfortunate that the district
16: council has been sold a site that has seen repeated failed attempts at development by both the landowners and the housing association in turn. At another time you may wish to ask the how and why a BBC coming to own with the field, but please do not compound that error today by approving this flawed application. There are a number of serious deficiencies with this proposed scheme, and if the District Council's applicant can't produce a scheme that complies with its own standards and policies, then how can it expect other developers to in future? The proposal before you today is simply not good enough, and quick fixes such as the ones presented in the last minute revision to the site plan, submitted one week ago, bring new problems. It is certainly not your job today to make this scheme work by using ad hoc conditions that have not been properly tested for their implications. Harm to residential immunity, nationally described space standard. Oxford is currently defending an appeal against a decision of this committee. In September last year, you voted to refuse the application for 85 dwellings on land east of Little Walden Road. One of the reasons given for the refusal of that application was that some of the proposed dwellings failed to meet the nationally described space standard by one square metre. It would be perverse for this planning committee to now approve an application where eight of a total of 13 proposed dwellings fall short of the standard by nine square metres each. Plots one to six and plots eleven to twelve of the Littlefield application of two bed Four-person, two-storey dwellings for which the minimum gross floor area is 79 metres squared. Housing benefit regulations mean that affordable dwellings should indeed have double twin bedrooms in order to accommodate the widest range of people, families. Calling them three beds simply to get around the floor area shortfall is a sticking to solution that would do a disservice to many in need of affordable housing. Overlooking. One would have hoped that the architects, the design partnership, would have learned something from the refusal that one of their little previous designs for the field received because of the harm it would have caused to the residential amenity of existing and future residents. August 2016's Gen 2 refusal reason was in, upheld by an inspectorate of the field. The problem then was the same as one this currently proposed layout has overlooking from a distance so far below that given in the Essex design guide as to be scandalous. The distance from the bedroom window to five the willow to the living room window of plot 10 on the proposed layout is under 9 metres when the Essex design guide states that in situations such as this the distance should be a minimum of 25 metres. I understand that UDC considers anything over 18 metres to be acceptable, but here it is less than half even that. Or you might say, we'll just leave that bit of existing hedge to screen the view, but unfortunately the point at which that hedge is sufficiently tall is also where the foundations for Prop 10's flag wall will be. There is, as anyone who cares to look can confirm, a clear gap between the existing hedge and Littlefield's northwestern boundary. The topographical survey shows it clearly, as does the following diagram that was prepared for that application. Any hedge at the boundary between plot 10 and plot 5 for willows will have to be a new hedge, and its action hedge height restricts it to no more than two metres tall. This is insufficient to provide the screening. Stop. Yes, that's. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, and I'm afraid, purely on a point of information, there is one, two, three, four, five, six,
1: seven more pages, including some photographs. I'm sorry, but yes no you're quite right it's four minutes and that's for everybody um he did actually mr leclerc did send it to us um but it, i mean i don't know about anybody else but i only saw that about um oh half past twelve one o'clock and didn't have time to actually read at that point so um anyway our next speaker is hannah hillion or helia thank
21: you Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to speak. It's my first time doing so, so I hope my comments are appropriate. Uh, I only wish to make two comments. Um, I have no objection to the development and absolutely understand the need for new housing and indeed affordable housing. As a resident of Stanley Road, I and my family have benefited from new developments in the village and welcome the proposed pedestrian cycle link between Stanley Road and the proposed site. However, having reviewed the strong objections made by Great Chesterford Parish Council with regard to access to the site via Bartholomew and Rookery Close and the suggestion that access is made instead via Stanley Road, I wish to urge the committee to retain access via the route identified in previously approved schemes. Stanley Road is block paving, unsuitable for construction traffic, additional residential traffic. And I hope that the committee notes that there's been no objection from the Highways Agency or the case officer regarding the proposed access. So if the committee does feel minded to approve this application, I hope that it does so maintaining the access via Bartholomew Close and Rookery Close. Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Taylor. Thank you. Um, our next speaker is Judith Sneers, an Officer. Thank you very much. Thank you,
22: Madam Chair. Right. As, as detailed already by the Planning Officer, this application has been submitted by UDC Housing Department to develop the site with 13 affordable rented homes. These homes to consist of eight two-bedroom houses, two three-bedroom houses and two two-bedroom bungalows and a one-four-bedroom one house. This mix of dwelling types will contribute positively to meeting the housing needs of the district. UDC purchased this site from Hasto Housing Association and the site had an existing planning consent. In September 2014, this site received Outline Planning permission for up to 14 dwellings and the Outline Consent agreed the point of access is from Rookery Close with other matters reserved. In December 2017, the site received reserved matters approval for 11 dwellings, with the site accessed again from Rookery Close. The site was at that time to be developed by Hasto, providing nine open market dwellings and two affordable homes. These in, this approval included large detached four- and five-bedroom houses and three-bedroom bungalows. UDC purchased the site from Hasto Housing Association with the benefit of a this planning approval, and we could have decided to build out the existing permission. However, when we bought the site, it was of course with the intention to develop the site as a 100% affordable rented scheme. And although we could have made use of the larger dwellings, they would not be helping us make best use of this opportunity to develop more affordable council owned and managed rented homes for the people on our housing register. I am sure members would agree that we should be using this site to help us meet the highest areas of demand in terms of the district's housing need, and this is for two-bedroom dwellings, hence this application presented to you today has 10 dwellings of this size. This application does not seek to alter the site layout or access, access arrangements from the previously approved development. It simply replaces the large detached dwellings with smaller dwellings to better council's requirements for affordable housing. It does also increase the overall number of homes we are able to provide on the site 13, which is within the approved site density as confirmed at the outline planning stage. Housing development staff consulted with the parish and ward members, parish council and the ward members prior to the application being submitted. The parish council and ward members were supportive of the proposal for a 100% affordable scheme, and also the proposed new homes were of a more appropriate site to meet need. However, it was requested by both the parish council and ward members that this site be accessed via the Stanley Road development, rather than the access point agreed under the previous approved planning consent. On this point, I would just like to make the following observations. Stanley Road is an unadopted private road constructed on home zone principles, whereby pedestrians and vehicles share the same surface. It is therefore not appropriate for through traffic. The Stanley Road Section 106 agreement states that the link between Stanley Road and the proposed development will be on the basis of a cycle path only. You can therefore assume that the purchases of the dwellings in Stanley Road will have done so in the knowledge that there will be no through traffic other than by way of a cycle path. The previous owners of Stanley Road, who were the signatories to the 106, have retained a slither of land that borders the application site and the Stanley Road development. We can assume that this was done in order to retain a ransom, should a vehicular access be required between the two sites. If it is simply a cycle path connection is stipulated in section 106, then this ransom could not exist. I understand the concerns regarding the approved access into this site, but we would like to reassure residents of Brookery Close that we will ensure that construction management of this site is of the highest standard, that delivery times to the site are limited wherever possible small vehicles are used, that residents are informed when the bigger delivery is expected, that they have contact numbers if there any issues arise, that the site manager is made known to them and that regular newsletters are delivered to all the residents. As a closing remark, I would state that the approval of this application will provide 13 new affordable council homes and will positively contribute to the council's primary objective to increase the development of council owned affordable housing within the period of this administration. Many thanks for your time, Chair.
1: Thank you very much. Um, That was great. Um, So I will open... That's everybody. Yes, thank you to all the speakers. I'll open that up to the um, committee now. And first of all, Councillor Freeman.
4: Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, It's got all sorts of issues with this site, and we understand that. There's one in particular I want to ask about, and it's to do with the representation made by... Uh, Elizabeth Smith read out part of that representation but the one that caught my eye was the claim uh, that the uh, the proposed dwellings are actually um, below the national described space standard some of them, 8 out of the 13 uh, by 9 square metres apiece. Now we've had this before in a development in my own ward where uh, the, uh, some of the houses were below the national space standard and the answer when this was questioned the officer came back with the answer well we have no, Uttersford has no adopted standards which is an astonishing answer because they're national standards and it's rather like saying well the M11 goes to Uttersford and it's got a 70 mile an hour speed limit everywhere else but when you get to Uttersford you can go as fast as you like because we haven't got an adopted standard uh, it seems to me an absurdity. So my single point, and I'm happy to support this application, I think it's an extremely good application overall, and it certainly fulfills a very uh, significant need, and it will meet that. But I think that the national space standards should be observed by this council. It's no good building small rooms. You can't make a place bigger. It costs cost a fortune to make a place bigger. It's much easier to build it of an appropriate size right at the beginning, so if, eight out of the total of 13 proposed dwellings really are short of the nationally described space standard by nine square meters apiece. I would suggest that we fix that uh, before we actually go ahead with the build. Um,
1: Mr Tyler, do you want to come back?
18: Thank you, Chair. Uh, no, that's, that is a very important uh, thing to pick up on. Um, I haven't got uh, the measurements of the um, proposed dwellings in front of me, so I can't confirm whether that is um, the case. Uh, I assume it is the case. If, you know, if, if the uh, representation has they've measured it up, I assume, and it I assume that is the case. Um, I don't know if we can condition it uh, to um, provide um, revised plans or anything like that. Maybe Nigel Brown could
10: advise. Yes. Yeah. I- would you like me to come in on this one, Chair?
18: Because,
10: me. I mean, OK, I think we it's something that we could actually ask uh, Judith what no, the I was situation going
11: to is, ask what the situation is
10: here. Um, but for clarity, um, you know, you know uh, an individual, bearing in mind, and I do pick up Councillor Freeman's point here, um, it doesn't really matter if it's a policy or not, it needs to be up to national standards. And I can guarantee—I I don't know that it isn't, to be honest. Simply by a, a representative measuring something on a plan doesn't necessarily saying, you know, "These are you know these will be done up to a you know the build drawings will be different drawings." But it may be worth asking Judith that question. Mm-hmm. Yes, Madam Chair, as far as
22: they, they do
10: meet space standards, yes, we do, right? Thank and you. we can—and pick up. Sorry. The to back again and then to make that sh- for certain picking up chris's point we can condition it so we can it, it's not nece- it's an unnecessary condition but we can put it on there because it would actually make it a double it's a double chock i call it so yeah okay
1: yes i think that would i think that would be a good idea just to make sure yeah absolutely um is that is that you happy councillor freeman with that answer
4: Yes, I'm content with that answer, provided it's actually put into the conditions. That's fine.
1: Thank you. All right, that's
6: good. Thank you. Um, next is Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, so I noticed the, the falling below minimum standards would be unacceptable. We also, the comment made that there was the distance for overlooking was, was dire, dire as well and unacceptable. And these are issues we can solve through conditions or by going back to the plan and adjusting it. The thing that concerned me when looking at the plan in the beginning was – the, the, the common thread of this is a question of access. Um, and uh, Councillor Gregory raised the issue of access again with the sort of magic words that worry me a lot, safety. We all here know about this and take it very seriously. Um, a, there are school children in the way, and it's a 1970s estate. All of a sudden, the picture is clear to us all, this is a big issue. And yesterday, we looked at it, we discussed it, and my thinking was... That it can all be fixed, we will just break through to Stanley Road, and the access will be solved and it will be okay. Of course, that involved the mention of things like CPOs and and what, uh, Section One Hundred Six is being enforced. I'm not sure it can be. And I'm, not, I'm I, thirteen affordables is great, and I hope we're all happy. Really want the stuff. The mix is great. We all love that. Um, I must stress. It is irrelevant who the applicant is. I'm not even considering that. We are here to consider whether it's, whether it's sustainable, whether it's safe, and whether it's legally enforceable. Um, and this just isn't. It's as simple as that. You cannot make a, a purse out of a pesasia. At the end of the day, this access is a problem. If you've got children on streets in parked cars on on 70 estates, it means it's going to be log jams and they're going to be problems. But more importantly, it's going to be a safety issue. It concerns me that the parish council's comments include the fact they don't feel they've been listened to. We trust our parish councils because they're on the ground. They sort of know where they live and what the issues are. We all want affordable housing. I'm sure they do too. We all respect the need for the mix. But if access is not possible, the access is not possible. On that basis, and quite simply on that basis, you can't solve this. I'm proposing refusal. It can't be done.
1: Right. Well, I think we need, we need to discuss this more, councillor. So I'm going to take the other other comments. Thank you very much, councillor. count. councillor. Account. We can't hear you. apologise. I'm
23: sorry. Let me just okay. stop.
1: No, you have to hold it down. Keep it held down.
11: Okay.
1: I, we can now. Can somebody unmute him, please? No, you'll have to... If you just hold it down, I think... There we go, you're on mute. You're there, councillor, Count.
23: I say very little most times, but I really do disagree with some of my fellow councillors here. We do need... You know, we do need extra housing... For, for people, which we do. And I listened to the parish council and I do believe they make some very, very good points. So in you I will support this proposal, but I would pr- propose it with conditions that the construction times, as we've been discussed by Councillor Lee's uh, and UDC officers, that we make sure those times are correct. The, the fact is, I, I know that in actual fact, I live in a village where the school, and you can't get down the road when they're picking up from school. And there's safety issues there as well. So just to turn this down on the basis, well, it is a safety issue. Well, I assure you there's safety issues all over the the district. And I was up in, in Hatfield, Broad Oak, and I saw the same things as well. But it doesn't mean we turn this down just because of that. I will support this application we do need the 13 houses, and I think it's right, but with conditions. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Account, Councillor Lachlan, your, hand, your blue hand is up this time, so not just now, but I will come to you. Your blue hand's up, so you don't need to keep your hand up, okay? Um, next speaker is Councillor Bagnall.
8: Thank you, Chair. Uh,
9: I think we discussed yesterday uh, uh, um, talking about the CPO, so I wondered if uh, Mr Tyler had got any detail around... Uh, the likely cost and possibility of the CPO to to provide a better access to the site, because I do agree that looking at that access in the picture, it, it is an accident waiting to happen, and it's not just construction traffic, it would be general traffic as well.
10: Um, um, do you, sorry, do
1: Nigel, you, yes, Nigel would like to come in.
10: I need to intervene on this one. Um, the CPO issue is a completely... It's a red herring. It's an absolute red herring. Um, this application will not be, this site will not be, that particular access site will not be CPO'd. And um, so it is not a relevant issue towards in this application. I should also need to stress that this site has already got planning permission with access from, through Rookery Close. I should also add, and I think I'm not just, I'm not showing favoritism in any speakers, but the speaker, Miss Hellier, speak. Was absolutely spot on. Stanley, Lo- Stanley Close on the other side is the very end of the estate. It's the very end of that belway estate, and and so it is completely unacceptable. That is an accident that would happen because the application just could not cope with these dwellings going through that very end of the estate. It is as 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 Judith quite rightly said, it's a zone zone area. So therefore, to move the access onto Stanley is not an option, and even if it were, it's not acceptable in planning terms. So I don't think we should be going on about CPOs here. I think the issue is, and that is not a relevant issue in terms of discussion, we have an accepted access that's been accepted on appeal previously, and this is just changing dwellings to a superior status, I should add, in terms of from the previous layout to be 100% affordable. So sorry to do that, but we can't keep going on about the CPO issue. It's not relevant to this application.
1: Okay, Councillor Wagner?
10: Uh, Well, I would just ask why didn't we say
9: that yesterday then instead of wasting time on it? Um, It's a bit disappointing that uh, we could have killed it yesterday. Um, So I I go back to the point that the access, to me, the access does not look suitable. So there, there must be a better scheme for the access in some way, and if not, then... As Councillor Fairhurst said, some sites are just not suitable. They're just not suitable. Uh, I also was going to raise the issue around the, the size of the accommodation. So the fact that we're conditioning that anyway uh, would resolve that. Um, because if, if we're not meeting national standards, then we're just going to have to reduce down from 13 to a smaller number, but we still get affordable housing if we're minded to approve it. But I, I'm, I have grave concerns about the access.
1: Thank you very much Councillor Bagnell. Councillor Pavitt.
13: Thank you Chair. Um, as Councillor Gregory indicated in his um, piece earlier on, he and I are the, uh, the resident district councillors. Um, ah, this is a heart and, a heart and head thing. Um, the heart wants the housing. The head has to look at the implications. I mean, this has got a really, really checkered history, this plot of land, and how it came to be purchased by uh, the district council. And I, I just feel we're, we're placed in a situation now where this planning committee is being asked to, in some respects, put aside some of the principles it's been establishing uh, over the past eight, nine months or so. Um, and accept something um, that maybe, you know, bends the rules and uh, turns a blind eye to one or two things. And I just feel as planning committee that sends out completely the wrong signals. So we really do need to look very, very carefully at su- some of the issues here. I mean, Mr. Mm-hmm. Clerk, um, I don't know who he is, but he's obviously put a lot of time and effort into his questions. Right, turn the track. I think they do need to be addressed one by one if only to discount them once and for all, because otherwise they will keep on coming up and keep on being, um, you know, a sore to be scratched in this community. Uh, The parish council has, has, you know, made some of the same observations. I just feel we we owe it to the people around Balthamary Coast and in Sandy, close, to get this right, to be able to put to bed once and for all the issues. And if if there are issues in there that are insoluble, this particular committee has to recognize that it may be stepping back from its normal position of absolute um, impartiality as it should be. And, you know, accepting something because it's a council application.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Pabbit. Councillor Lemon.
13: Thank you,
8: Chair. Um, I actually support this um, application. I think we do. Need, these are just the sort of affordable homes that we need. Um, the highways authority find everything acceptable. They have got uh, conditions on, but I'm quite happy with that. And I think they're the experts. I know we disagree with them from time to time, but they are the experts. And to, for me, if they're saying they have no. Um, that it's acceptable to them. I'm happy to go along with that. Um, Wherever we have these houses or wherever they are, there will be safety issues everywhere. And I think it's important in this present moment in time, very badly needed affordable homes and I should be
2: supporting the application.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Lemon. Councillor Keaton.
2: Thanks very much, Madam Chairman. I mean, I'm very much in the same mind as Councillor Lemon. Um, I, I'm uh, going as far as to uh, second Councillor Account's uh, proposition that we give planning permission. I do that with a bit of a heavy heart because I accept the the local case uh, and the local concerns about this application but i think the one thing that we need to realize is that this has been to appeal before and has got planning permission this site uh, with the same access so we can't really start fighting a second um, appeal on on the same grounds it seems to be illogical um and uh, and I agree that we desperately need more social housing in the district. And this is tailored to meet the the needs in in that particular area. So it does seem to me to be something that we have to bite the bullet on, uh, even though it's a very constrained site. But it, if you looked at it from, from a drone, it would seem to be amazingly logical, it should be developed.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Keaton. Mr. Nigel, did you want to speak? Is your hand still up, or was that...?
10: No, I left it up because I just want to assure members, just want to assure them on two things. You're not approving a substandard scheme. The scheme is acceptable in planning terms. You are listening to someone who's objecting to the application and are taking absolutely everything he says as correct. He says this is not up to space standards. It is up to space standards. He has raised other issues in there. He has the right to object to a planning application, um, but you are taking all those points, points that he, he has concerns about, but you're immediately reading it as being a substandard scheme. It's not a substandard scheme. So you're not making any. We would be making the same decision, whoever the applicant is. So You're not compromising, so that's the first issue. And the second issue, the construction management plan. Picking up Councillor Gregory's very initial points, you know, he has views about the application, but one of the things he said, at least if members are going to approve it, can we at least have a construction management, and it's the mother of all construction management plans, to be honest. This is This is a constrained site, and I think the construction is the big issue here in terms of the impact on the proposal. Um, we would always normally turn around and say, construction's part and parcel of what you're approving. What you need to worry about is fast-forward it and worry about the houses on the site. We could even boost condition, and I would suggest that if we are moving to approve this and to pick up the recommendation, that condition 19 is even strengthened even further. I think one of my one of my things, if you've got a situation like this one, and I think we all accept, um, including the housing team, that this site is is a is a difficult site to to do construction. We can boost condition 19 to say, not only are we going to do that in terms of hours of operation and sites offload and wheel washing and all that jazz, but also to add things like before we start on site, we have an early engagement meeting, which is basically, and I'm happy to front that. I'm happy to wander on site and I'll volunteer Judith as well. We'll both go on site and we stand on site in terms of how the construction actually goes on site and we have meetings with the parish council, meetings with the school, meetings with the residents. And then it becomes self-fulfilling. It may not be, it should be necessary because it's us that would be doing it. But I think this site is all about relationships on site. And I think if you get that bolted down in the construction management plan going forward, there's no need for enforcement. It just happens. And so I think I'm happy to bolster condition 19 if members want that additional, additional comfort moving forward. Because I think it's the construction issue is the issue regarding the access
1: thank you very much mr brown um councillor sutton you had your did, did it go down accidentally I, you can't hear you sorry did you want to speak
24: yeah okay. i'll say you know more or less the same stuff obviously i'm, I'm concerned about the um the issues with, with regard to safety highways often they just do a, tick a box so i'm not always um necessarily swayed by what they think um when a parish council has grave issues i always worry because obviously um you know that's integral to the whole the whole thing really but i'm just hope that and because it is a, a udc um uh, you know uh, site that that there is a hell of a lot of um, negotiation and chatting with the, with the parish council and the local people as nigel just just uh, said it's obviously a worry, isn't it? It is a head and a heart thing.
1: Mm, very, much housing. So. very much so. Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Councillor Reeve.
3: Thank you. I'm minded to uh, support the proposal. I've been uh, persuaded by the comments made by um, Councillor LeCount, Caton and um, uh, Lemon, uh, re- particularly regarding the highways, who normally I don't support, but here I read what they said and I found that... Uh, um, Uh, satisfactory to say it is is brilliant is obviously not the case, but acceptable, I would say yes. And and also the issue about the appeal and the reappeals and whatever. So there is a site with um, uh, the potential for development. And of course, the affordable housing, I think, is is a wonderful thing that we can do as a council. Putting all that together uh, with um, uh, the officers, commitment to bolster the uh, conditions around uh, access and the safety of that I, I'm just end by saying I, I'm minded to support it
16: thank you
1: thank you very much um I've got councillor Pavitt and um, councillor Lachlan you did have a blue hand and it seems to have disappeared so I'll come it's councillor Pavitt councillor Lachlan and then councillor Lemon and then now I'm going to close this down okay thank you okay. councillor Pavitt
13: um thank you chair K- Could I ask officers just to clear off on a couple of points so that they are taken care of far away, and that is parking provision um, uh, and the issue of tree preservation uh, in relation to wildlife that may exist there. Um, Are there any particular provisions that we can put in place there or you can reveal that would put people's
18: minds to rest, please? Thank you. Um, uh, Parking provision, um, the application um, meets uh, parking standards. Also, it has um, full visitor parking spaces. Um, This was actually one of the issues that was uh, raised by um, the earlier speaker, who said that a a plan had been submitted recently. That was requested by myself to ensure uh, there was sufficient parking on the site. In regards to um, ecology, um, uh, the ecologist was consulted. I believe there's um, uh, conditions imposed on the application uh, for ecology uh, details. Um, What was the other point you raised, sorry?
13: Uh, It was in in the context
18: of ecology, whether there was any
13: provision to uh, ensure that um the trees that are supposedly not being removed uh, are given some degree of protection I- I'm sensitive to the fact that uh, whatever the ecologist says that the local people do observe and take interest in the fact that, that it's a back corridor um, and it should be allowed to remain as such and you know this is all this is all about trying to make this as as acceptable to the people who live around it as possible um, you know, why Why antagonise when you can avoid doing so? Um, so let's be as helpful as we possibly can be, because at the end of the day, this is going to happen, it would appear. Um, there's very little to, you know, to suggest that it shouldn't happen. In fact, you know, 13 affordable homes is a very valuable thing. and Why not put them in great Chester? but it's as good a place as any? Um, so, yeah, so just on, that, on the score of, of, of ensuring that those trees are... Preserved in some way or or, or, or another.
10: Um. Just, sorry, Chris, can I can inter- yeah. Yeah. See, I've lived this site from the from the very outset. I think <laughs> um, the first issue is it's in terms of ecology. There's there's three bits to it. There's the the fact that is it's what's called unimproved grassland, um, um, which is basically lack grass. is what it says. And as a result of it, it becomes a little bit of a habitat. So therefore, the best way to preserve to sort, is, is to mow it, to be honest. And uh, since we've become the owners of it, I must say that it is now being maintained. What used to happen is it would just left, wasn't mowed, and that was actually in breach of any ecology. And so therefore, in terms of the habitat issue, mowing it, it, it sort of prevents, uh, it, it, it protects. In, an unimproved grassland is, is, is a difficult situation because it can attract wildlife. And uh, so at the moment, mowing it is a housing site, so therefore you're not harming anything. The second issue is it's a corridor. I mean, if you, if you, if you know the end of Chesterford now, well, now standing close and the development behind it has been developed, it's, it's you know, development goes away. The so there is a condition regarding um, lark-bat friendly lighting to ensure to that that back corridor is, is retained. And the third issue, there is also the requirement of a, a biodiversity enhancement strategy, which has been included. So it's quite a lot of stuff. In terms of protection of trees, um, apart from those to be removed, I don't know if there's any trees to be removed. I, I can't see if there is a condition. And if there isn't one, we can quite happily put one on um, that trees aren't shown to be retained. And that can show tree protection measures. So any trees retained on the site have chestnut pale fangs in mounded to prevent. You know they will be care taken, but I think that adds, again, adds some additional stuff. So I think we can give comfort by adding tree protection and tree protection measures prior to development to be in place as well. That is not a problem at all. All Thank you. Councillor
11: Lemon,
1: and
10: then that. Thank you. I'm I'm
8: very confident that um, Mr. Brown and uh, Judith Snares will be able to oversee the contractors and any safety measures. i'm I'm not sure whether I'm right or I think I am Councillor Fairhurst's amendment has yet to be seconded, but I'd like to pr- propose that we approve this application
1: Okay now I'm
3: happy to to second that uh, if I may Chair. I think
1: Councillor did Councillor so, thank you Councillor Emma, but I think Councillor Account actually proposed that in the first place? I
23: did. Yes. And, and by councillor Cain, actually. Oh, okay
1: yes. thank you thank right. you however um councillor F- <coughs> excuse me a moment <coughs> sorry um excuse Council- me excuse me hand up <laughs> <laughs> councillor Lachlan. yes I missed you out didn't I yes Yes, yeah, you can't see you can't see the blue hands up on my own <laughs> <eye. laughs> <laughs> on oh, Councillor I'll come back to Councillor Behest. Well, I kind what of lost it, the plot it, now it, because it.
7: what I was going to say probably half an hour ago, when uh, Mr Brown was speaking, I actually agreed that I don't always agree with highways department, but they have eight paragraphs on the report, and one of them is on safety. And I don't imagine that the council, I think their reputation would be zero if they compromise uh, safety, Uh, uh, especially on uh, where children are concerned and things like that. So I am actually going to vote for this um, application. I think we need the houses. I don't think it's unsafe. Uh, I don't think it's it's a pity that people actually think that the council would do that.
1: Okay, thank you very Um, much. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Councillor Fairhurst, coming back to you now, you had the you proposed to refuse. Do you wish to continue with that and, and seek our seconder?
6: Yes, Madam Chair, I do. Um, I completely understand where the other the, uh, councillors are coming from, um, and I, too, agree with Councillor Pavitt that it's a question of head versus heart. Um, but the head should prevail. At the end of the day, it will be measured by our, how well our head has prevailed. We do trust, and I actually tend to trust Nigel Brown implicitly, and even he said this was a restricted site, and that everyone's going to do their utmost to try and prevent or avoid the limitations imposed by the site. That's what worries me. We have to be excruciating the objective here, and the heart has no place to play in it. So I do continue to propose to refuse this, this application.
1: Okay. Um, does that find a seconder? Councillor Pavitt.
13: Thank you. Uh, no, I'm not seconding this this motion um, from very practical reason. The site is already consented for development. Um, it's already been through various processes. I, I, I fail to understand what we would achieve by um, turning this application down. If, if we were to force UDC to sell the site, we would just go full circle. It may be back here in two years time having all the same arguments. And I suppose at the end of the day, I would trust our own housing department to be reasonable on this more so than I would some commercial developer. So it's a rock and a hard place decision. But I think we, we, we I can't second a, 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 a motion to um, to turn this down.
1: Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Padgett. um so, so Councillor Fairhurst, it doesn't appear that there is a second for this, so we can't take this um, motion. Thank you very much, Henawi. Thank you. Um, so, therefore, there we have the second proposal, which is a um, proposal to approve this application with the conditions for the construction management conditions scheme. Um, plus um, the other thing. Nigel, could you remind me was there, what else was there?
10: Pick those up. It's the boost condition um, 19 in terms of construction management and also um, picking up Councillor Pavitt's comment, and that that is still hanging, and I don't know if anyone, if the proposers pick picked that up, in terms of issues regarding protect trees measures on the site as well. Uh, And so it's boosting construction management and tree protection measures as well, like protect trees and tree protection measures whilst work is carried out. Can can I just add that you did, right at
13: the beginning, say that you would apply a condition in terms of ensuring that the space standards were met. uh,
10: Yes, sorry. Yes, we can double chop that as well. So we'll add a condition which says the national place. I should also say one of my team has also measured those plans today, electronically, and they do comply with national standards. So so therefore, it's uh, um, sometimes it's quite good to be like this. But yeah, but we're happy to put that condition on just to, to mop that up to clarify it.
1: Thank you. What about the hedging around there? I mean, I know you've said trees. What about the hedging? Is, is there sort of hedging and things around the, um, the site? That would need to be looked at and sort of helped and protected.
18: Uh, we've got a um, a general landscaping condition uh, prior to any work yeah. starts in uh, place, okay. so we can, uh, as Nigel said, with the the trees as well, we can ensure that is uh, included in that condition to uh, we'll make a bit more secure.
1: Okay, thank you. That's great. So, if this application is for approval. Proposed by Councillor LeCount, seconded by Councillor Caton. Um, so, can Elizabeth, can you go to um, uh, take, take a uh, register? Register,
16: please, yes. Okay, right then, ladies and gentlemen, same as last time. Uh, Councillor Merrifield? Approve. Councillor Lemon? Approve. Councillor Laughlin? Approve. Councillor Sutton? Sorry, approve. Councillor Dora. Approve. Councillor Catton?
2: Approve.
16: Councillor Pavitt?
1: Yes, again. No, still haven't heard you.
13: Abstain.
1: Sorry, I couldn't hear that,
16: Councillor Pavitt. Abstain. Fine. Appreed? <coughs> Approve. Councillor Fairhurst? Against. Councillor Bagnall. Abstain. Councillor Freeman? Approve. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in favour, one
1: against, and two abstentions. Thank you very much. So that application has been approved. Thank you. Right. So, should we move on to?
23: Can we have a five minute break at all? Yes, don't yet.
1: yes, I think so. I was going to say, I think that's probably a very good idea. And it will be five minutes.
23: So, Five, five minutes is fine.
1: No, well it's well, four twenty nine, so we'll make it um, twenty-five two. Okay? Thank you.
17: Uh, thank
0: you. Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting has been temporarily
1: Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, The next application is UTT 192875, full on Holroyd Components Limited at Shire Hill. And it's Chris Tyler again. Thank you very much.
18: Thank you, Chair. I I just wanted to check that you can hear me and see the presentation. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, The site is located uh, on Shire Hill Industrial Estate in Saffron Walden. The majority of the site is occupied by the main industrial building and smaller detached building highlighted in red. This application revises a previous approved extent permission is for the demolition of the existing smaller detached building, erection of an extension to the main building. This photo is of the existing building to be demolished to the side of the main industrial building. This photo is of the existing uh, main industrial building, which is to be re- uh, which is to do remain and be extended. This slide demonstrates the existing front elevation of the site with the detached building on the left uh, to be polished. Is the proposed elevations of the extension to the building. The application revises an extent planning permission. Uh, The revisions include uh, introduction of additional windows, moving the fire escape, changes to the door and window positions, and change of design of the rear roof section. No objections have been made by the Parish Council, statutory consultees or neighbouring properties. In regards to parking, the development proposes uh, will result in a further six employees on the site. Um, The existing parking provision is considered to be appropriate. Uh, Due to the location of the site, it's considered to have a good sustainable transport options to prevent any unacceptable impacts on highway safety from on-street parking. The proposal is considered to be compatible with surrounding industrial area and will not have any harmful impacts to neighbouring properties. Taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report, the application is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank
1: you you very much. Um, We have no speakers for this. So, Councillor Fairhurst.
6: Thank you, Madam Chair. This is in my ward, um, although I didn't discuss it at parish level, of course. Um, This is, the applicant is not relevant in our decision-making process, but this particular applicant is one of the um, good signs of Saffron Mallon's industrial estate. Um, as said, it will increase the employment which is always a good thing as well. The road itself is in the industrial estate. Of course, the discussion was made about the breakthrough to another development, but that's not relevant here. I would strongly and quite with pleasure support this application and propose that it is approved.
1: Thank you very much. Councillor Freeman. No, can't hear you. Okay.
4: Uh, thank you, Madam Chairman. Uh, I'm very happy to second that proposal. It's, uh, one of our best employers. Of course, the consequences of COVID may may make this irrelevant, but uh, I'm very happy to support this application.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Do we have any other um, comments or would we like to take this to, having looked at it ourselves, would we like to take this to a vote? Right, that would be, that looks like we're taking it to a vote. So um, proposed by Councillor, has seconded by councillor Freeman to approve this application um so those in we need to take it to a vote again so I'm back to you Elizabeth. um Righty, okay. You. okay ladies
16: and gentlemen for the first time of asking the register Councilor Merrifield? Approved. Okay. councillor lemon okay. councillor lockin okay. councillor Sutton Approve. Councillor Thora?
15: Approve.
16: Councillor Caton?
22: Approve.
16: Councillor LeCount?
23: Approve.
16: Councillor Pavitt?
5: Approve.
16: Councillor Reeve?
5: Approve.
16: Councillor Fairhurst? Approved. Councillor Bagnell? Approve. Councillor Freeman. Approve. Unanimous to approve, ladies and
1: gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, items six on the agenda and the last one of today is UTT nineteen two treble seven full the stables at May Walk and Elsonham Road. And we're back to you, Mr. Tyler, again. Thanks very much
4: thank you hang
10: on before we start can we make sure the speakers are in yes so they can hear the presentations
1: are you there mr ranger right do we have mr ranger do we know is he there what it's worth, Madam
16: Chair, I did have a, an email from him saying reception was okay, and there he is. Yes, there <laughs> is.
1: Right. Okay. Thank you very much.
11: So you can see the, yes, the can. slides. Yeah. Thank
18: you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, this uh, application site is a rectangular parcel of land, located east of Mayswalk. The site is located on the northern side of the B1051, which runs between Fitchett and Elsenham. The site is well-screened and, and includes mature vegetation and trees. The site includes a number of rural buildings, which uh, some of them have already been converted. This application is for the change of use and conversion of uh, abundant animal shelter to a residential dwelling, as outlined on the plans. The proposed dwelling will be a single storey, one bedroom, and will include the introduction of a pitched, tiled roof and cladded walls. In regards to the location, the site plan demonstrates its locality to Elsinum. It's within walking distance to the village, and there are a number of local services and sustainable transport options in Elsinum. This is set out in paragraphs 11.5 and 11.6 of the committee report. The site is also outside of the 100 metre safeguarding zone of the M11 motorway. The environmental health officer hasn't made any objections regarding that. This map highlights the site uh, and a bit further afield uh, and showing you Elsinore a bit further to the east of the site, uh, and also the railway, um, which goes up to the railway station in Elsen. This plan demonstrates the existing buildings on the site, um, shaded in green to the north of the site. Uh, these have already been approved for the conversion and change of use to dwellings. And plan will include appropriate garden space, parking provisions, and will include uh, the use of the existing net. Objections have been received by the Parish Council. Three letters of objections have been received from neighbouring properties, and also one letter of support has been received. The objections are included in the committee report under paragraphs 8.1 and 10. This plan is of the existing building. Um, These photos are of the existing building to be converted. So it's this one and this one. Uh, These are the buildings that have been allowed to be converted also on the site. this application was refused by the council last year due to requiring substantial work to convert the building to a dwelling. However, this was subsequently allowed by the planning inspector. The Inspector advised the building would be compatible with the rural location of the site and would result in an enhancement, and therefore in accordance with local and national planning policies. Um, it's, a, it's considered that the planning inspector's decision is a material consideration that holds significant weight in the assessment of this application. It is noted the building would require a lot of uh, work to be converted. However, a structural report has been submitted with the application advising the buildings capable of being converted. Uh, This slide is the proposed elevation and floor plans. It's considered the appearance will be compatible with surrounding area, will not have any harmful encroachment to the surrounding rural area. Taking into, conclusion, uh, sorry, taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report to consider the proposal accords with local and national planning policies and is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Um, we have um, two representations, one being a speaker and the other one being Stansted Parish Council, which should be read out, which I presume is you, Elizabeth, Ms. Smith, Ms. Smith. Indeed it is. Um, how many minutes do I have, Mr Brown? Um, it'll be five, won't it? Is it, is it the asked, Council?
10: Five minutes.
1: OK, tell me when you want me to start.
10: Off you go. <laughs>
16: There are currently five approved residential units on this site deemed to be conversions or change of use of existing buildings. A retrospective application for one additional unit is pending and could increase this to six units. The site has been subject to at least 13 applications since it was purchased by the current applicant as a livery business in the summer of 2016. A steady flow of applications followed attempting to convert, rebuild, construct housing on the site, a site which has not been considered suitable by UBC in any local plan or call for sites. The parish council has opposed every application for residential use. Most applications were refused at district level. The applicant has been aggressive in his response and has lodged three appeals. Two were dismissed. It should be noted that the planning application uwt 18 23510P, which went to appeal, was dismissed on the 5th of September 2019 and is not as stated under paragraph 10.2 of the case officer's report being appealed. The parish council's objection to this latest application was based on the building needs to be demolished and rebuilt, it represents re- encroachment. It is situated on the paddock and does not form part of the stabling barns courtyard area where five houses have been approved. The general permitted development order allows for the conversion of agricultural buildings in any location up to five dwellings and we believe this site already has five dwellings approved. The parish council's main objection items and three relates to permitted development rights. In 2018, the Housing Minister, Dominic Raab, announced changes. Permitted development rights will mean up to five new homes can be created from existing agricultural buildings on a farm rather than the maximum of three currently permitted effective as of the 6th of April 2018. The Parish Council argues that there are already five approved new homes on this site, confirmed by UDC by email to Councillor Kavanagh dated the 19th of November 2019, time 1544. A query was subsequently raised by Councillor Kavanagh in a personal capacity in an enforcement investigation open to determine whether building works elsewhere on the site, including a sixth unit as building control application refers to two barns being converted into two units each. Only one building is approved for two units. There's also an addendum dated 27th of April of this year. Since this submission was written, a further application for this site has been submitted, for a a retrospective application which has the potential to increase further the number of residential units on this site. The submitted speed survey and transport statement following the parish council's consideration of this application states, evidence of traffic speeds have been provided of 40 and 41 miles per hour for each direction on the B1051 and therefore the visibility displays achievable are well above the required distance. The parish council argues that the posted speed limit is 60 miles per hour and visibility displays should be considered on this basis. In general, generation of residential traffic flow is different to that of a livery business which was not fully pumped, at the time of purchase. There is no substantive evidence to support the claims that traffic movements will be less. There are no details of when the traffic flows existed or whether the two businesses were concurrent. The Rabbit Building certainly ceased by 2016 as the only building for this purpose had fallen down years before. The Parish Council argues the applicant has not made any provision towards the safety of the general public across the right-of-way, and a proliferation of residential properties on this site could cause conflict between users of that public right-of-way. However, any improvement to the public right-of-way could attract additional vehicular traffic to circumnavigate the bottleneck in Grove Hill. Inaccuracies on the UDC website... The parish council are concerned to note that documentation for two separate applications on this site have been mixed up, which could lead to confusion on what has, has and what has not been approved, applied, or refused. See reference to paragraph 10.2 above of the report. The parish council therefore argues this is one site with multiple applications and should be considered in its entirety to ensure no overdevelopment. This is... Um- yeah, that's... Two, two sentences? Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. This is development by stealth and further development should not be permitted. Let any decision be deferred until the site is reviewed in its entirety as so there is some confusion over the status of
1: appeals and number of units. And that is it. Thank you very much. Very succinct. Thank you. Um, our, our, we have a speaker now, and this is Mr. Ranger, the agent. Thank you very much mr Ranger
25: Thank you chairman good afternoon uh, before I go on... No. we've lost
1: you we've lost you
25: can you hear me now yes yep
18: yeah.
25: yeah. okay before I go on to my prepared statement I'll deal with a couple of the points that the parish council have raised um firstly they are these uh, applications that have been granted in the past are not permitted development under the general order they are applications for full planning consent so therefore the limit of five is not an appropriate uh, criteria uh, this is not development by stealth the uh, applicant has diligently approached each building um, on its merits and deciding what to do with it um, if you want the um, retrospective application is not uh, for consideration today That's another matter separately and should not uh, influence members. Um, It's not encroachment into the countryside. Uh, Mr. Tyler in his report covers that point in paragraph 11.14, citing the Braintree case law. The appeal dismissed was for five additional dwellings. So there's no relation to the conversion of existing buildings. The speed survey check. um, The visibility displays are decided upon the 85th percentile the speeds and those are the 41, 44 mile per hour limit. So the, uh, the 60 mile an hour limit speeds, those do not apply and that's agreed by highways. Um, now going on to uh, my uh, report, my statement, the subject building is the last of the five redundant buildings to be built forward by way of a full planning application for permission to convert to residential and the other four were all previously received consent for conversions to dwellings. Members will be aware that Essex highways originally lodged an objection to this application, although they had not objected to any of the four previous applications of identical proposals, that is the conversion of existing redundant buildings on the site into dwellings. Mr. Tyler notes in paragraph 9.1 of his file report that having been provided with evidence of vehicle movements both past and proposed, Essex Highways have now removed their objection and have stated the proposal is acceptable to the Highway Authority with a condition being attached to the consent. This is a brownfield site. It's sustainable and is not isolated. There are no protected wildlife species endangered by the proposal. Air quality in this location is not an issue that requires mitigation and the same applies to noise. There have been objections raised uh, during the proposal consultation and most of those were raised again today by the parish council mr tyler addresses those objections in paragraph 10.2 of his report on the location the site is immediately adjacent to the settlement, settlement boundary of Elsdon, and that is where the affinity of future residents will most likely lie leading to some social and economic benefit the site is on the bus route and the village amenities and services can be accessed by existing pavements Subject to suitability to convert, the building is a timber frame, and as such, the process of conversion is completely different from that that will be employed converting a masonry structure. The details of the necessary work will be subject to consent under building regulations, and is not for consideration today under planning. Except to note that Mr Tyler is content that the materials proposed to be used externally, including the fixed roof, are in keeping with the surrounding area. I would refer to the feed store appeal decision mentioned, where the affiliate inspector, in paragraph 9-12 of the decision notice was entirely supportive of the design, which included an extension and a pit roof, noting especially that it improved the appearance of the building, and the building was not visible from outside the confines of the site. The design layout here has been imagined to respect the openings within the existing structure, and the fenestration has been detailed accordingly. The dwelling will comply with national technical housing space standards. The gross internal area requirement being 50 square meters, the dwelling, when converted, will achieve 52 square meters. Compliance with THS can be conditioned if members feel need assurance. My addendum to the transport statement clearly illustrates the vehicle movements of the site, allowing for order all conversion approvals and this current application are below the levels that would have been calculated had the previous uses continued. The impact further afield, therefore, can also be considered to be less than might have been experienced in that eventuality. Maywalk is a bridal way, but the applicant has ownership of Maywalk, and that, with that ownership, has right for vehicular access. That vehicular access is also drawn by an adjacent property owner. That vehicular access benefit is not legally extended to others, members of the general public, who use it from time to time to access properties and public areas further north. In summary, therefore, members, I would respectfully request you accept your officers' recommendation that this application be granted planning consent, subject to the conditions in respect of time scale, land contamination, samples materials, hard and, lofty, hard and soft landscaping, electric vehicle charging point provision, on plot parking and turning areas, all as listed in his report and recommendations, and the compliance with THS if that is required,
1: thank you. Thank you very much Mr Ranger. I'll open it up to the committee now and first of all it's Councillor Caton then Councillor Stora.
2: Thank you um, Madam Chairman. I'm I'm just going to be very brief and support the uh, parish council's view in this application. It does seem to me, uh, contrary to what uh, Mr Ranger says, that this is a, a, a case of planning by stealth. Uh, I did read the um, decision notice of the, the previous uh, development uh, that uh, an inspector uh, allowed, and he made very clear that it was in the context of the situation or the the setting of the previous um, redundant buildings in the kind of courtyard effect of the uh, location. Well, this uh, structure is actually not within that courtyard effect. It's actually got its, uh, according to the plan, it's got its own driveway, which is uh, further uh, apart from the the courtyard area, it does seem to me to be just pushing the envelope of the idea of a courtyard just that too much. Um, and, you know, we can, we've all seen pictures of the structure. It is going to need incredible uh, amount of work for the, the to, to even construct a one bedroom d- um, dwelling in, in that position. And it is outside the development area. It is in the countryside as far as I'm concerned. It seems a remote, remarkably inappropriate location for uh, a single dwelling. So I uh, will oppose this application. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Keaton. Councillor Storan.
15: Thank you, Chair. Members, I'm going to take you through the uh, decision-making process, if I may, which I'm sure you are very familiar with, as it entails determination in accordance with the development plan, unless material considerations indicate otherwise. The development plan is the Ottlesford Local Plan of 2005, There are several material considerations and I will deal with the tilted balance in my assessment. So local plan, one relevant policy H6, conversion of rural buildings to residential use. And if we consider what uh, the council's consultant said in the context of the capability assessment of the local plan, with regard to what is now the previous planning framework done in uh, July of 2012, that says the following. It concludes that that policy 8.6 is partly consistent. And that commentary um, says the MPPF does not take a sequential approach. That surprised me a bit in that I didn't quite understand it. I think it might relate to isolated sites. But the thrust is that the... It says the framework generally supports reuse and that the most stringent requirements of policy need to be justified by local circumstances. Members, I think that the local circumstances of this building do justify the stringent requirements. Now come on to the tilted balance, which uh, features in paragraph 11 of the framework. It says, just as a reminder, given that there's a lack of a five-year housing land supply, we are to grant permission unless, and I quote, any adverse impacts of doing so would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the policies of the framework taken as a whole. But we're talking about a single dwelling here. That means it's t- already taken into account in the form of a windfall site. And Mr. Brown will, I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but I interpret that as implying that it's already been allowed for uh, because it's been delivered, it's, been, it's taken as being delivered in the housing trajectory. Therefore, there's no impact on housing provision. Therefore, it's not the housing land supply situation is not relevant in this context, and therefore the tilted balance need not and indeed indeed should not be applied. So revert to the local plan and to material considerations. The first step there then is for me to take you to H6. Now, what does that say? The conversion of rural buildings to dwellings will be permitted if all, and I repeat the word all, the following criteria apply: It can be demonstrated that there is no significant demand for business uses, small-scale retail outlets, tourist accommodation, or community uses. Now, that hasn't been done. But there again, this is a badly worded policy because it says it can be demonstrated. It doesn't require it to be demonstrated, which it should do just as it can be, and that hasn't been done. So we don't have a handle there. There's, next point, they are in sound structural condition. <laughs> now, I'm going to go to the um, structural report that was submitted. Uh, Chris has just shown us photos of it, and I'm going to quote certain extracts from it. describes the building as follows. It is of basic construction, comprising a base formed of concrete blocks laid directly on the ground and covered with an uneven concrete screed. The walls are of timber frame construction, clad externally with railway sleepers and internally with plywood sheeting. The roof is flat and covered with roofing felt. goes on the bottom of that first page the building structure will need to be modified to suit the change of use the modifications will only be only note be the upgrading and renewal of the basic elements of the roof well that to me means the roof external walls external doors and windows And the improvement of thermal elements um, because it's clearly not up to building regulations so does it is it of a sound structural condition we've seen a couple of photographs you'll have seen that document for yourself i suspect and basically i think if my description is correct All we're left with, prior to this um, conversion uh, taking place, would be a concrete base with some bits of woods poking out of it. They might be quite substantial, but could that... Are we really talking about a building which is in sound structural condition, if that's all it is? Next point, next criteria. Their historic, traditional or vernacular form enhances the character and appearance of the rural area. Well, is that gonna happen? We've got a building now. What's it gonna look like when the railway sleepers are taken away and the roof's taken off? The conversion works respect and conserve and conserve rather the characteristics of the building version must respect and conserve the characteristics of the building. I don't think so. It's going to look very different. It's, there's nothing of any merit there at the moment. And Lastly, private garden areas can be provided unobtrusively. Well, that's probably true. The paragraph which follows it starts, substantial building reconstructions or extensions will not be permitted. Surely, given what I've just described, if you accept that, and given the photographs, then this is a substantial building reconstruction and should not, therefore, be permitted. I'm going to move on now uh, to a material consideration, which is the inspector's decision, which Chris kindly sent to us yesterday. Inspector Mays makes uh, several points. It says that um, the building is required to be structurally sound and a historic, traditional, or vernacular form. As I think I've just demonstrated, I have to my satisfaction anyway, this isn't. It needs to be a substantial building construction, or substantial building construction will not be permitted. But he then bottles it by saying, oh, there's no definition of substantial. So I don't quite know what that means. Can't justify it. But in the next sentence, he then states, the policy predates the framework. Nevertheless, nevertheless, as it is substantially more restrictive, well, now he does know what substantive means, it seems. Next point, there is no dispute that the building subject of the appeal is in the same condition. We've seen a photograph of it before with a brick base. Yes, it is more substantial than this one that we're looking at, which doesn't compare. Considered also that that feed store, if converted, would retain its agricultural character, which it, prob- which it would much more than the one we're now dealing with. The next point, and I'm going to tie this in with the framework here, is um, that it considers the proposed development would enhance the character and appearance of the area. It therefore accords with S7 and H6 and paragraph 79C of the framework. What does that say? Well, it says for it to be acceptable, this is just one criteria, the one that matters, the development would reuse redundant or disused buildings and enhance its immediate setting. Now, I'm not going to uh, uh, bother with the issue of enhancing its immediate setting, but reuse redundant or disused building. It's reusing a concrete base with some wooden pillars coming out of it. So this is very, very different different proposition to the one that that inspector was talking about. I'm going to move on to one issue now and I was interested to to hear that Mr. Ranger raised it Um, and I'm sure that Mr. uh, Councillor Freeman would be pleased. It relates to this government's technical housing standards. Paragraph 1 of that document says it, i.e. the document, sets out requirements for the gross internal area of new buildings at a defined level of occupancy. And for one storey, one bedroom, two people, 50 square metres. Now, um, it's a matter that um, Mr Ringer may wish to comment upon. And I'm going to take you back, if I may, to that document I quoted because on that page it says measurements taken on site indicate that the existing property has an overall internal floor space of around 46.6 square meters which is effectively 93% of the minimum of 50 square meters. Now, I'm just quoting what that document says. Mr. Range may have a comment on that, but I would like to uh, not waste any more time and recommend uh, straightforward refusal uh, on the basis of it being contrary to policy 8.6, it being contrary to um, paragraph 79C of the framework and subject to... Um, clarification on the exact proposed internal floor space, possibly also the government's technical housing standards. And if Mr. Brown is of a mind, if it's possible to make reference in any such decision, that we have had regard to the um, material consideration of the inspector's report that Chris centres, which relates to the nearby building, which is very different one to the one we're talking about. Thank you, everyone.
4: Thank you for your patience.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Stora, um, Councillor Freeman.
4: Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, Councillor Stora has been characteristically thorough in his um, arguments. Uh, I'm going to leave two uh, questions with Chris Tyler, the uh, officer of response. I think it is Chris, isn't it, that's mm-hmm. responsible for this? Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, first question, uh, and it may have been covered in your paper already, in which case, apologies, I haven't spotted it. Is there a footpath from this location into Elsenham? First question. Second question is the actual distance from this site to, for example, a shop. I know, I know there's a supermarket, there's a little cluster of shops. and right? It's sustainability is what I'm looking for. You don't have to answer that now, but you can come back. I've got a couple of points I want to make. So those are two questions I'd like answered: Is there a footpath and what is the distance? And it's sustainability I'm looking at. Uh, as far as the um, fabric of this building is concerned, uh, I do um, take very much the Councillor point of view. Um, I more or less as a hobby, modernise all sorts of buildings and live in all sorts of buildings, uh, including farms on Welsh mountainsides and things like that. Um, uh, But uh, a floor, which is basically concrete blocks laid directly into the ground and covered with an uneven concrete screed, would be quite unacceptable for any human habitation. Basically, you have to either take that floor up and do it properly, or... You're going to be covering it with a membrane or a suitably waterproof surface, and build up from it. You're certainly not going to retain the original character of the uh, building. And in fact, I'm not sure there is much character in the building. It's to me, it's uh, a sort of well, we've got a building. Let's build, put a house there because that's what the rules allow, if we can find a way through them. Uh, so, I'm certainly firmly opposed to this. It seems to me. Uh, that there is little merit in this application. Uh, the physical construction is, um, well, they could say railway sleepers, they, 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 I suppose they might be sleepers, and a bit of plywood, and a floor made out of concrete blocks, which doesn't have a DPC in it or anything like that. Uh, I, I, th- I think in a way, I can't, I can't say on a public meeting what I think it is, but... I would certainly be very happy to refuse this, but Mr. Tyler, can you give us some guidance as to whether there's a footpath and how far it is to the nearest shop? Thank you. Um, So directly outside the site, uh,
18: it is a bridle path, um, which is 300 metres down to the highway to the south of the site. Uh, So after that 300 metres along the highway, it's footpath. for me, it probably would be about a five minute walk to the shops in Elsinore. That helps. Um, but directly outside the site, that first 300 meters down to the highway, it's just a bridal
4: path. Oh, Sorry, Madam Chair, what do you mean by a bridal path? I mean, is it metalled? Is it a metal surface?
18: No, it's it's, um, uh, it, it's
4: a gravel sort of driveway. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you.
1: Okay, thank you. Freeman. Councillor Fairhurst.
6: Thank you, Madam Chairman. I think that uh, Councillor Freeman and Councillor Storer have done a marvellous job in introducing the subject and probably closing it. But I think I agree with with, uh, Councillor Freeman that I think it might be sustainable. I think we've been told it's on a bus route um, and that five-minute walk to the shops both seem eminently suitable for sustainability. Um, but the question I have, I think, talks to 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 position, um, and it really is how we define the word conversion, because we're being told that we're converting a a, a building as with a sub- substantial base, which it clearly isn't. Um, and in legal terms, we have to look to the common English definition of the word con- conversion, as opposed to the word new, demolish and rebuild. And I think it falls on that ground to be honest. Um, We obviously have to consider the traffic stays and speeds and things, but at the end of the day, the the charge was made. This is developed by stealth creep, you might say. Um, We know it's in the countryside. Um, And at the end of the day, we need to look at the intention or the spirit of the lawmaker who said, let's produce um, up to five conversions. I think it fails on the fact that it's a a conversion and on the fact that the, the, the intention of the lawmaker was clearly to preserve the countryside in its extent, way. Um, this doesn't do that. And so I would second what Councillor Story says and thank him for his, his, his diligent pursuant of the facts.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Um, Councillor Sutton. Try and-
24: Sorry. Um, yes, I agree with everything that's been said so far from um, from Councillor Stora and everybody else here on, you know, the actual uh, soundness of the actual structure, etc. And um, the thing that worries me is the precedent that that would cause because, you know, up and down where we live locally, there are lots of those sorts of bit of structures. And that would mean that lots of people would get away with building those type of houses if they possibly could. And, you know, that's pretty scary. That's, that's what I wanted to say.
1: Okay. Thank you, Councillor Sutton. Um, council account. Thank you. No, i going to press. Can't hear you. Yeah. Now we can. No, we can't. No, still not. Can
23: you now? Can yeah. You, okay. Have we had a, prof, a refusal proposal or not?
1: I think Councillor Stora did.
23: Okay, so
1: did nobody second that? I second that. No, we've had two two seconds. I think Councillor Freeman... Okay, okay. Thank thank you, (laughs) Councillor Lecount. Thank you. Um, Councillor Bagnell.
9: Thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, I agree with everything that uh, Councillor Stora said and uh, he was very eloquent in the way he said it. Um, I'd also like to point out, in the structural report, when you look at it, it talks about the changes that would be required... Uh, And I must say, I was very surprised that the structural report didn't cover the real structure, which was the foundation. Because if you look at the plans, they're talking about a pitched, tiled roof. There's no way the weight of a pitched, tiled roof would sit on that concrete structure. So I'm surprised by the structural report that it doesn't really cover the strength of the foundation and doesn't even suggest that it would need to be changed. So I think... um, I, I would also support refusal because I, I, I find it very difficult to believe that this is just a change of use and we're gonna we're gonna redevelop the existing building. There's just no way you can do that. So I, I would support refusing this one as well.
1: Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Hi, I found a way to do
7: it. <laughs> Good. Um, well, I, I'm quite surprised, really, because. Everybody's talking hypotheticals here. None of us, well, I don't know, I assume none of you are developers or builders. Uh, I've been to lots of uh, barns that I think are falling down, and hey, presto, they turn into beautiful buildings. What may happen in the district, as uh, one councillor said, that, it. you know, said we got lots in our area, this could happen. That's not relevant. What is relevant is can this be turned into a home? And uh, perhaps with uh, the right builder, and the right structural engineer, and perhaps even a civil engineer or whoever, may actually, and a good architect, can be done. Otherwise, I don't think Mr Tyler would have said it could be, he's the officer, I'm not. But I, So I have to make a judgment. Uh, and I actually do know the area, and I know what's there at the moment, and, and that site is awful. And I can only think that something better would be an improvement. I know it's sustainable because I don't live very far away from there. It's only a few minutes from the shop, it's near as a railway station. uh, And if you want to go down Grovefield and walk, um, um, kids would have to go to school, to secondary school down there anyway. Uh, And it is a sustainable location. You know, apart from the fact uh, everybody says, oh, I don't like that. That's horrible. This will have to be done when you haven't got the expertise. Baffles me. Uh, And um, there have been no objections from anybody apart from the parish council who aren't experts either. They just don't like it. So I I can't actually find that a reason to refuse this. Sorry.
1: Mr Brown.
10: Yeah, I've been reading the room. Um, I think <laughs> we have a proposal. We have a second to just pick it up. Councillor Stora's points and trying, trying to frame this as the as proposal. Um, it is an easy one. And although I stand by the recommendation, um, H6 is the, is the principal one in going through it. I would suggest the sequential bit about the MPPF, where it's only partially compliant, is you probably don't have to properly demonstrate that it can't be used for an for alternative commercial use before you can look at it for a thing. And to be honest with you, what the inspector's decision has done on another building is, is conceded the issue, first of all, that the site's really not suitable for, for commercial use. Um, he's made that decision in terms of that, and that's one thing we're slightly constrained from. Second, And it, probably that is worse now because we now have other residential properties on the site there, so that makes it less desirable. Secondly... He sort of fudged it, but he sort of accepted it. It's not an unsustainable location. So it does go down to H6, and it does go down in terms of whether um, whether the building is convertible. And, and the members are picking up Councillor at point. I'm not a surveyor, so I'm not an expert on those particular issues. But members of the view that, that the site is not structurally sound, we may have to try to defend that in terms of trying to prove that it isn't sustain, it isn't Convertible, the H6 is your policy in terms of saying that's what you need to do. You don't need to bolt very much more onto it. What I would suggest like, is, if members were going to refuse it, this may be an opportunity to 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 fly the space standards idea uh, in terms of you know because that isn't it's, it's a the size. If it's above the size and it's below the size, we don't have to prove very much, and it may be worth just park trust trying that one out if this one goes to appeal. And, and I think that was part of your that was part of your proposal as well, Councillor Stora. So, so on that basis, both in terms of the not complying with H six, and also um, not complying with the paragraph regards, um, regarding regarding um, space standards, I think that was the whole of your proposal. And I think that that will. And although I'm defending the recommendation for approval, I think that's fair enough to go forward. Okay, um,
1: um, um, I
10: know
25: this is highly
10: irregular.
1: You don't just interrupt. I was actually going to ask you if you'd like to say something. You don't just interrupt, thank you. So, you have one minute to say something. So, be succinct. Thank you.
23: I'm
10: mute, I'm mute,
1: I'm mute. I'm mute now.
25: Okay, sorry, Chairman. Um, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I do not have a hand symbol. I knew
1: you were there.
25: there. And I wasn't sure. I didn't have any recognition. Um, I'm at a slight disadvantage because members are considering a structural report that I haven't seen. And it's not been part of the um, application details on the website. So if the council has commissioned a report, um, I would have thought that that should have been passed to myself or to the applicant.
1: No, it's not been, it's something that's come from, um, I presume you're somebody, some Martin and Martin chartered surveyors. It's somebody for something to do with your people.
25: I I thought Mr Storer, uh, Councillor Storer, was quoting from another document.
1: No, he was quoting, uh, Councillor Storer, you'll correct me, but you were quoting from this document.
15: Yes. Yes, it's um, it's part of the support. The information supporting this application, the structural report, I believe it's called.
25: Okay, I wasn't aware that um, it had quoted a floor area. Yeah. Yes, it does.
1: Yeah, it does. 46.6 meters squared.
25: Okay, correction. From my part, then. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Okay. Um, so we'll go to, we'll go, oh, sorry, Councillor Storrs, did you want to come back?
15: Or was that? No, we, we've put the matter to bed. It, um, that was my initial concern. Uh, Mr. Ranger and I are, Mr. Ranger is of the opinion it's over 50 square metres. I was merely quoting that document. I haven't measured it, just quoting that document. Um, and that's all I, all I had, that's my evidence.
1: Right. I- Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. So we'll go to vote. This is um, voting to refuse, proposal to vote to refuse, proposed by Councillor Stora. And I've forgotten, sorry, seconded by Hand. Councillor Fairhurst, thank you very much. Um, All those in favour of refusal? um, Elizabeth, could we go, please? Thank you very much ladies and gentlemen, we're nearly there. Um,
16: Registered for the final time today. Uh, Councillor Merrifield? Refused. Councillor Lemon? Refuse. Councillor Loughlin? Abstain. Councillor Sutton? Refused. Councillor Storer?
25: Refuse.
16: Councillor Caton?
25: Refuse.
16: Councillor LeCount?
23: Refuse.
16: Councillor Pavitt?
23: Refuse.
16: Councillor Reeve?
13: Refuse.
16: Councillor Fairhurst?
25: Refuse.
16: Councillor Bagnall?
25: Refuse.
16: Councillor Freeman?
4: Refuse.
16: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, 11 in favor of refusal
1: and one abstention. Thank you very much, everybody. The next, um, thank you very much for your perseverance with this. It's our very first one, so um, thank you for your understanding. And our next planning committee is on May the 20th, and I am, I believe, at 2 o'clock as well. Thank you very much.
10: Just to clarify, briefing will also be half three as well. So half three on the day before will be the briefing and then two o'clock will be the the meeting. So, I mean, that's going to be the the routine going forward in these circumstances. Thank Thank you you very much, everybody.
11: Well done, everybody. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.